What's happening, weirdos? This is a uh, Neil Brennan. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a uh, Neil Brennan. Um, this is a uh, pre-quarantine uh, recording. I enjoyed putting out Brady Novak's episode. It was so well received. I'm still so grateful uh, for how wonderful that conversation was. So I figured, why not continue? We have a couple backlogged episodes. Why not put out? Uh, those, and then we'll go back to our, our Zoom our Zoom casting. So this is recorded right here in this room where I'm sitting right now. My buddy Neil, who I miss dearly, one of the funniest people in the world, came by and we had a lovely chat, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I do want to say that my uh, Simpsons, I don't know if you guys know this, I wrote two episodes of The Simpsons called War and Priests. Get it? War and Priests? Like War, War and Peace? It's a two-parter. The first two-parter since uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns. Very proud of that. Very proud just in general to be associated with The Simpsons. And they are on Hulu now. So if you missed it when it aired, it already aired, please check it out on Hulu. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter say it was like uh, You Made It Weird and Sim- like You Made It Weird had The Simpsons as a guest, which I thought was just perfect. Because you'll see it is uh, absolutely written by me in the sense that you can see that it's filled with my interests and the types of things that I share on the show all the time. Uh, one of which, I do want to say that Charlotte's Web, our friends that make my wonderful CBD hemp oil, are making these calm gummies that I am swearing by these days. They're really helping me through this time. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird. Use promo code KEEPITCRISPY19 for that. I also want to give a shout out to the Pete's Picks for this episode. Pete's Picks, as you guys know, these are our sponsors, but the reason I call them Pete's Picks is they're actually things that I use and love. Uh, speaking of living on, I have been living on Kachava. Kachava is a superfood plant-based drink mix that is giving me the nutrition that I need and that I'm having a harder time finding. Obviously, uh, in these strange times when you maybe don't want to go to the grocery store as often, Kachava has been an incredible help. Delivered right to your door. It is 100% plant-based. It's got eight super fruits in the bag, 17 greens and veggies. That's my biggest concern is how to get greens and veggies in my diet these days. Boom, it's in every serving of Kachava. 17! I didn't misspeak. It's gluten-free, it's soy-free, there's no artificial sweeteners or preservatives. What it does have is uh, coconut nectar, which is a low glycemic sweetener. So it is sweet and chocolatey or vanilla-y, if you're nasty, It's and delicious. I mean nasty like Janet Jackson nasty. The vanilla is really good. Or a scoop of each, if you're really nasty, which is what I call a cachava Oreo. Look, I'm going on and on. What I'm saying is it's a low glycemic, it won't spike your blood sugar, but it is sweet and delicious. It's got 24 grams of protein. Boom. That's where you get your protein. People ask vegans where you get your protein. Boom. 24 grams. And it's in a liquid, so it gets into your cells even faster. Nine grams of fiber, and it's actually delicious. People take it for weight loss because it keeps you full for five, six hours. People take it because they're in a rush. It's like a meal and a pill, basically. I take it because it makes me feel fantastic. It gives my body and my brain and my cells the nutrition it needs to be happy and healthy and vibrant and alive. I got it to add to my smoothie. It turns out it is the smoothie. Just add it with water or almond milk if you're nasty. Uh, Frozen strawberries if you're really nasty. Tastes like chocolate strawberry ice cream. 20% off. Show your support of this podcast. Go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird, and you'll get 20% off. 
Speaking of superfoods, I have been turned on to a new Pete's Pick by my friend David. He turned me on to Tahitian Noni Juice. Tahit Noni Juice. Tahitian noni, I didn't know, is a Tahitian superfruit known for its medicinal properties that's been used by healers for thousands of years as an ancient health remedy. And in the modern age, we've backed that up with science. It's proven scientifically to boost immune activity and naturally enhance energy and support overall wellness. I've been taking it for about a month now. I will say I look forward to it. I find it to be revitalizing and delicious. Tastes a little bit like uh, pomegranate juice, if you've ever had pomegranate juice. But my favorite thing about taking Tahitian Jew is that I know that I'm doing something good for my body. They did a clinical double-blind trial, or several trials, with placebo that showed four ounces of Tahitian Jew twice a day increases your NK cells by 30%. NK cells are your natural killer cells, which are what your immune system uses to fight off disease. So you're getting 30% uh, more ammo to fight off uh, infection, disease, whatever. I love knowing that I'm not powerless in that fight. I can do something to make myself uh, healthy, happy, and vital. So I have been swearing by it for a month. I love it. I plan on continuing to do it. Just put a new bottle in my fridge door this morning. Uh, this I also take with, uh, I always forget to mention this. I almost forget. That's why I wrote it down here. They also make a wonderful supplement called Cell Defense, which helps your body fight inflammation. And they're doing a special deal right now where a one liter bottle of Tahitian Jew and Cell Defense uh, would normally go for $100. But you can get both for $40 and show your support of this podcast. Go to noninewage.com slash weird40. Do something healthy for your body. Show your support of the podcast. We, uh, noninewage.com slash weird40 get some Tahitian Jew in your system uh, I also there's a third Pete's pick on this one which I'm happy about I'm wearing them right now it's my, oh tacos I'm wearing tacos MeUndies is my favorite underwear I heard about them on other podcasts and I decided uh, I was 40 years old I was like it's time it's time to uh, upgrade my entire underwear selection. I was tired of these mismatched, ill-fitting, holy, just tired out, stretched out, banned, un- not that soft underwear. And I was like, I'm a grown man. The first thing I do in the morning after I shower is put on underwear. I want to have that be a good moment in my day. So I, I tried it. And the best thing about me undies is you can try one risk-free. And if you like it, do what I did. Did a complete a closet overhaul. I have new neighbors and they're always like, it sounds like they're inflating an air mattress. Can you hear that? I want to be like, what do you, what, what is that? Any hoozle woozle. Who says any hoozle woozle? I do. Almost every day. MeUndies is my favorite, favorite, favorite underwear. They fit perfectly. I was wearing these taco undies this morning, and Leela saw them, and she loves MeUndies maybe more than I do. She pointed at them and went, taco, which was a big thrill for me. I'm not going to pretend it was a thrill for you, but it was a thrill for me. They are the softest underwear I've ever owned. It's made out of micro-modal fabric, which is five times softer than cotton. It's like uh, putting on, I don't know, a pint of Guinness. (laughs) And I am a, a member of their uh, undies membership. I just opened up my undies membership, which means every month I get undies that appear magically at my door. Uh, it's convenient. 
You never have to leave the house. I get clean, fresh, fun underwear that fit fantastically, that put me in a good mood because the fabrics and the patterns are so great. And I swear by it. And if you want to do what I did and what Val did, a complete underwear overhaul, I completely and sincerely endorse MeUndies. You can do that and show your support of this podcast. Go to MeUndies.com slash weird for 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. MeUndies.com slash weird. Get these taco ones. These are fun. There's little smiling bottles of hot sauce and little smiling tacos. And if you have a baby, they'll point at it. I'm not even kidding. I like getting my new undies in the mail. I open them. I look at the pattern. And I can't wait to try them on. And I, and I do. Because I'm a grown man. I can do whatever I want. You can too. Go to MeUndies.com slash weird. Show your support of the podcast. All right. Thank you to Kachala. Thank you to Heat Known Jew. Thank you. Me, undies. And get some Charlotte's Web. We're going to throw them in the mix too. Uh, and guys, enjoy. Uh, this feels like a special series. Enjoy. Two people talking back when two people could talk in the same room, or as we used to call it, just a normal day. Me and my friend Neil Brennan. Neil! Neil! Get into it, man! Get into it. Pete Earth. Pete Earth. Did you want anything? Did you want a, a coffee? You know what, Pete? You came ready? Don't do me any favors. Because... When Neil Brennan drinks coffee, Brennan he writes Half Baked 2. He goes into a manic state and he writes Half Baked 2, the go, second drag. Am I in ketosis? Yeah. Oh, are you in. Are you. Wait, what, what is that? It's like some diet. You mean intermittent fasting? Where's my headphones? Oh, here they are. I just was looking for confirmation that I should keep looking. No, no. You were being kind and like, let me get them for you. <laughs> I intermittent fast every day. I'm surprised you don't because you're weird. I actually you know what I've been doing. Your uh, body. I did. I, I always do this. I go, here's Neil Brennan. And he goes, I'm fat. And then you squeeze the only part of your body where there's any deposit. <laughs> you know where it is. Of course I do. Can you turn me up? Man's please. Man peeped it. No one else can peep it. No, Marin peeped me squeezing that. Oh. On stage, he saw me do it. Yeah, yeah, I peeped you doing that. Peeped, I peeped, peeped you doing that. Just IRL, dude. Um, You're just doing. I it. did a. I've done two thirty-six hour fast in the last week and a half. What do you? I wonder because I, I your special, by the way, is fucking a triumph. Thank you, buddy. Can I? Can you put that on the poster? What if I only said it so you'd put me on the poster? Because <laughs> a tri- you can't get better than a triumph. The triumph that it's two words that uh, the the poster for which one the next for well you need to put out a new poster because the Mark Twain thing it's a new getting the heat yeah getting the heat getting the heat or we're recording I, I retweeted of course I retweeted that Tweety I'm trying to be more tweet compassionate and I do a lot of retweeting yeah and a lot of but I wasn't always that way you know why. Because I texted Sarah Silverman, and I was like, hey, can I get a blurb for my book? And she was like, look, I love you, but the, fa- the last five times you've texted me was for a favor. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to be Sarah. I'm not going to bother Sarah. I'm going to be Sarah. You know Do you saying? feel like you weren't... Um, meaning it was all in, it was all outgoing and no incoming? You weren't that, doing I favors? I wasn't doing enough favors. Were people asking you and you were saying I no? always did it when people asked, but like then I was just like, let's be Santa Claus. Santa Claus gives to the good and the bad. I, I think that it's the only... Imp- By the way, he doesn't, according to Santa Claus. 
Yeah, I know. That's um, his whole thing. It didn't it's work. His whole, it's a, I thought it, maybe we'd let it go by. No. Like a truck with cows that you know they're going to murder, but you don't say anything? No. You I'm make not eye contact with one of those cows? I'm vegan. I stopped the truck. I know, but you're not married. No, you're married, but you're not dead. That's what you said when I saw you eating ice cream in Montreal. That's I right. said, are you vegan? Because you know I'm a bad vegan. Yeah, I'm a bad vegan. Um, Fleegan, we call us. Flexible. Eat, interesting. I've never eat meat, though. I don't eat meat. Um, Once a year, maybe I'll eat fried chicken because... Really? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't had meat. I accidentally put bacon in my mouth... Because it was on a donut that no one, I was like, what? No one told you. Yeah, and it just tasted like a battery. I understand. And fried chicken, when I do cheat, just this is just chatting. By the way, this, I don't even see this as a podcast. I'm like, let's hang out. Yeah. Let's record it's, it. I mean, there's no. But I don't have anything. Place in life where <laughs> this is how, we, this is how we're going to talk for an hour and a half. Yes. Because you have a kid. That's right. And we're, we're not 23. I mean, I just booked to do conan on thursday and i was like that's how you can go conan's my friend he's not like my closest longest lifelong friend but he's a friend and that's how we see each other sometimes especially when you have the babies yep that's it it's over come by it's over i actually did an in memoriam on seth's maya show (laughs) for our friendship but it is i almost did a bit and tell me this is not neil brendan approved because I love your voice. I, I know it's your real voice. I'm not saying. I love that character you do. I mean, I love your, <laughs> your angle. My tone, yes. Tell me if this isn't your tone. Yes. I almost did it. But I realize I'll talk about it afterwards. I go, a lot of my friends complain that uh, ever since I had the baby, uh, I don't see them anymore. Let me tell you guys, you were on the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> that's I've actually said I'm on. I say I'm Shut on. Shut the fuck no, up. That's one of my, I, when I don't, you've never met a guy who almost got invited to more weddings. You are I'm on the bubble. Absolutely on the bubble. Right. And and sometimes people when they get a dog or babies, they're just like that's I'm the, the first bubble one people. To go. Yeah. Last I one mean, in. and especially I'm not married, I'm single, so women don't want me around their husbands. Women don't want you around their that influence. Hu- Ooh. Yeah, you're uh you're Tom represent, Arnold with the six yes, pack. I'm a free I'm <laughs> Neil Freeman. I'm free slave. I'm a free slave. Uh <laughs> Freeman Brennan. Of all the names to pick, I gotta say, go with Freeman. Freeman like, is what this is calling. a bad sketch. This is a bad sketch. It's like we're uh, obviously we couldn't do it. It's about you do it for Chappelle show when you're picking your name. I can't even pitch it without the without confidence. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And people are open micing like Freeman. Is that too? Because a lot of free slaves pick the name Freeman. Most of them did. That's what it, it was a good way. How else would you let white people know you're free? It's the best thing you got. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying as a, as a person. I'm just saying that's the best choice. But there were also guys who would like blacksmith. The last name Blacksmith, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, that's what Smith you had to, let to know. You're right. You let people know. What does Brennan mean? I don't know. Ang- Too many angry? kids. How did your dad have 13 kids and then he was like, let's do that again? That's the he, first clue. My dad is from a family of 13. That's what I mean. Yeah. And then he had 10. Well, the th- Didn't the, he learn? Well, they didn't. you didn't have a choice back then. You just you conformed. You mean it was a cultural Irish Catholic Yeah, thing. it was also just like the world. You didn't. My dad didn't like kids. I remember that. But he he wanted he didn't want to he liked fucking, I think, from what I gather. The rhythm um, method, I know it's not the most, but like right after her period, you're you're good for a few a few days. Yeah, I don't it's pretty That's your window. Avoid. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's not She just flushed out the a, eggs. He did he was a tax attorney, so he was decent with numbers. And he couldn't figure that out, apparently. 
I had a girlfriend that wanted to do the rhythm method, and I had the app. Uh, she was pretty casual about it. Yeah. I was like, aren't you? And I was doing all the research for how long sperm can live in, a, in the human body. It's three days. Yeah. So it's really three days before ovulation you should stop having unprotected sex. Also, just for the record, don't do the rhythm method. That's insane. I... I, the um Neil, the freedom with you which devil peep, no no, no <laughs> i'm no i'm not saying i'm not here to defend the rhythm method pete i think you're being we foolish about this part of a rhythm method, method. um <laughs> every uh, dancer in that video was because of the rhythm method uh what were you but okay i'm not going to defend the rhythm method uh but i can't believe the casual the casualness which you casualness can't with, i will which say people treat reproduction for sure. Because it, it feels so good. Leo Allen not. had that joke where, no, his was about divorce. Like every time, or somebody has a joke about a roller coaster that if every once in a while when you wrote it, at the end they gave you a baby. I forget who had the bit. I thought it was That's Leo Allen. That's great. That's Isn't that really funny? funny? Yeah. No one would ride the roller coaster. Yeah. But we're all just like, it's weird what a primal, when I first, when my wife first loved me all those many years ago, I was shocked that I was like, if I'm being honest, there was even part of me that was like, kind of excited to be a loner i was like oh now i can just constantly jerk off like i was like this yeah. is gonna be great whereas when you're in a relationship you're like well you want to be sexual you want to like save some of it for yeah. for your partner i was like i'm just gonna blast loads constantly into the ceiling fan just like be a sad guy this and is before you met your wife this is after my first wife left me right and then i i was really shocked that sex is like a need it's not just orgasms it's like it's the feeling of intimacy. There's, it's the it's, connection. Yeah, that's the thing. Because otherwise, we would just have, fuck a melon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, right. Otherwise, sex dolls would be the best thing yeah, in the world. It's it's not it's, it's not. That's not what we're in it for. We're in it for one human being yeah. approving of us enough. Yep. To do, do that. that thing with us. It's some of the. F- like I think, especially for men, women. I think it's not one human being; it's a special human being that you're attracted to because women are attracted to very few people. I can't speak to that. I, I mean, you know that that's my my thing is sweeping generalizations about gender. <laughs> um, and uh, but no, I think women are so excited when they're that's women get so excited when they're attracted to you. Like, and you're like, if you're not in them, they're like, you don't understand. Yeah. I don't like people. Yeah. And I like you. Yeah, and you're like, I, see. I know, but I don't like you. And they're like, guy, I see. You don't get it. I haven't been attracted to somebody since some yeah. guy at a gas station yeah. 10 months ago. Yeah, I understand. And I'm attracted to you. So are we fucking? But and then I, you're like, I don't know. In the Seinfeldy way, I have to imagine you're this way. I'm a real she eats her peas one at a time. When I was dating, I was a Seinfeld episode where I was like, can I date that hat? Like, yeah. that's what I would do. I would Absolutely. be like, like Val, one time we had a friend and she was like, would you like this friend? And I just, and I mean it. I don't do this to make Val. It's it's the best kind because it's sincere. I just go, that hat? And she knows I mean it. I No, <laughs> like, it, that's a a, as much as you're not date. supposed to judge things by their appearance, appearance says a lot. It's the manifestation of what's happening inside. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's your emotional and cultural understanding. Yes, manifest. look at us. We're both wearing head to toe black. Manifest on <laughs> in our bodies, on our on our person, dude. 
I'm not even kidding. I could tell you the idea behind all of what I'm wearing. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I and could I'm tell wearing... you like the inspiration and the reasoning and Let's do it, it is indicative of who I am as is a person. Is that an Under Armour shirt? No. I'll tell you that we're going top to bottom. Carhartt hat. Carhartt hat. That That's... means, yes, I'll help you move. That means just like <laughs> I, w- I used to write for The Source. That's, That's hilarious. That says. Five I wrote for, for The Source. Hat. Thank you. I wrote for the source in 1992. Did the you? comedy issue, yeah. The comedy uh, issue. Yes. That, that, that's like Chappelle. on Succession. Where do you watch Succession? Uh, no, where I try Ken, to watch one. Yeah. Kendall goes. I was king of the lampoon. I got their distribution right on point. He means <laughs> their funny. distribution. Uh, you wrote for the comedy issue. Uh, wrote for the comedy issue. The source. Yeah, but that that to me, especially being from Boston, Carhartt is a, a hip hop culture. Thing. Yes. It's like the it's uh it's the uh, uh, um Cypress Hill. Yes. It's like early 90s hip hop. This yes. is my like little nod to early 90s hip hop. Yep. Um this is a, a hooded sweatshirt. I noticed in 1999 that Colin Quinn wore a hooded sweatshirt all the time. I and I that. like having this because you, you can put stuff in your protocol. pocket. Dude, I just wrote this down. Are you ready? Yeah. Women sometimes are like, where are your keys? Where are your, where's your chapstick or whatever it might be? Because they have a person we don't. And I'm like, men wear jackets places we don't need jackets. That's our purse. Yes. To, that, yes. My to put keys shit in are my in pen. Yes. my pocket yes. and they zip because I'm 40 yep. and I hang it up. I'm hanging up my purse. Yes. It's that not is that correct. cold. It's a purse that you wear. Purse riff. Purse. Purse. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, pr- I give you purse riff. <laughs> Um, this is a clothing store on Fairfax. I went in. They recognized me. They gave me free shit. What does it say? It looks like the Yankees uh, logo. It's H. It's an H. Oh, that looks like... And I can't remember what it's... Which it is, looks like you row really for me. them because I didn't... Like you're playing I Holmes. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I'll read it. It Thank says you. Huff. Huff. Yeah, they're a good brand. Um, and these... Uh, this is a This is a belt. That's got a plastic thing on it because I travel a lot as a comedian and as a director, and I don't like taking my belt off at the airport. Um, I'm going to throw something at you, Neil. Go. Unless you're wearing a fucking Garth Brooks belt buckle, these things don't don't set it off. Oh, mine mine would always set it off. That's gangster. Um, uh, I, I, would, say, I guess I because I would wear a solid gold belt. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you um, wear like an Emmy for the yeah, exactly. show that um, you melted. Uh, these pants... I got in London. Uh, I was there with Chappelle two years ago. They cost $450. I don't like spending that much money on pants. And I've worn them every day since. Because you're trying to my win it back? Worth. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make it worth my I while. I can relate to that. I went to buy a, a winter jacket in New York. And I went in the store and everyone there looked like Migos. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh-oh. And I found a coat that I liked, and then they were they rang it up, and I was too embarrassed to go. I'm not paying that. I I was embarrassed. Yeah, I should have known they were serving hors d'oeuvres. What was? Where was this? I, I Are you sure this wasn't a Migos video shoot? It. You know what? There were cameras. You know something? I kept lip singing lyrics. They made me pay cash, <laughs> but the music was sped up because they, they made you throw the down. money there when you pay. Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, oh. I threw it at a stage. Video riff. <laughs> Dude, this you know what this podcast is? This is a middle mic podcast. Thank I, you. I want I want that to be in the vernacular. I want to go it this means for real. Middle mic. It means for real yes. though. Dude, middle mic, those are some great pants. Thank you. 
There's Steven. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but tell me about the color. You're just telling me about the brand. It's all black because it's a good, because it's just a better. But that's not how you feel? I sort of put on black to be like, I am a sunshiny guy, but first of all, I'm a little bit colorblind. Second of all, I like the weight of a dark color. I like it says like, I can, like white is sort of like, keep away. Black is like, bring it in. I'll take anything. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I am a director, but I don't really care about like I don't care about clothes representing someone unless it's like cartoony. I understand. Like obviously they are indicative of somebody, right? Like I get that part of it, but I don't. Well, you saw Once Upon a Time in yeah, in Hollywood, right? Yep, <laughs> America, Hollywood, more Hilarious. specifically, Chicago. Um, Jordan socks. I, I've done work for Jordan. I was going to give me free socks. Okay, we're still and uh, these like are um, shoes. Everything you're wearing was free, or you were with Chappelle when you bought it. They're they're about <laughs> things I've done with my time. And it's a story. Talent. Yeah, you were just walking around naked and like <laughs> shit just started and happening. Say a story happened to me, and I <laughs> and I got closer. But it is there is a story, and this watch I got from Ellen for helping her on her special. You get, she gave you a watch. Yes, the help. I specifically asked her the to thank give me you a watch. watch. Yes, really? Yes. What kind of watch is it? A Rolex. Does it dance? It does not. I don't know what that means. It, oh, I get Ellen it. Gave it to you. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it, yes, and it's a lesbian. Um, is that see? <laughs> but that's sexy. But somehow I'm the bad guy. Um, <laughs> I don't. I was. Uh, I. I was gonna say all watches are lesbian. In full faith that I would think of a way to justify it by the time I got to the end in lesbian, but I didn't have it. I have a very. Here's what I. You know, Mean Pete. Yeah, Mean Pete is a guy who is the character Pete did on a uh, Blake Griffin roast in Montreal. That's. I'm gonna go on a, on record as saying it's the funniest roast I've ever seen. Oh my god! Thank it was you. so f- you were both so fucking funny. Oh, thanks. Man. It was amazing. I'm so happy. Uh, but mean. I if think you I think mean you, Pete is. I, no, I have a comeback by the way. So go ahead and tell him. You, what you look said like about Tom me. Hanks in the third act of Philadelphia. Yes, which is a mean joke. Fine. These are roast jokes, guys. Right, all right. But I said the joke I should have done, and I I literally had it in the chamber, and I didn't bother. But you didn't have a mic. I know. I didn't have a mic. Which you were is, filming you zero mics. You look like uh, Tom Hanks in the second act of League of Their Own, and by that I mean fat. That's great. So there you go. You know what? You could just say you look like Tom Hanks in the second <laughs> act of League of Their Own. We all remember. I know. But that's not bloated, peeing. Yeah, Hanks. Uh, yeah. My uh, favorite mean Pete was I said Michael Shea looks as black as Pete Davidson wishes he was. I thought that was really did good. he? Uh, did you say that? Yeah. I thought you said Michael. I thought you said Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport looks like a negative image of Michael Shea. I did say that. That I think is a better version of that joke. Um, I wanted to somehow. But if you think work. Mean Pete is funny, Mean Ellen, real funny, is so fucking funny. Yeah, because she's fucking funny and mean like a yeah. comic. You can you can tell, and I mean this is a compliment. She's always reminded me of Letterman, even yeah. when I would see her old stand up. I yep. mean before the talk show, I'd be like, she's got that Letterman sort of like. Her jokes are like really. There's a lot of really in her jokes. There's a lot of like, eh, you're you're there. I have a standard and you're not meeting it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the bet. So I, her wife, Portia, in I had a gold Casio, like a fifteen dollar watch that Portia was like, oh Neil, I really like your watch. So I did the rich person thing. I got her one. Right. I thought you were um, going to say you did the nice thing and gave her that one. No, I bought. Her, I got her one. I'm not going to give her that. Now there's two right. landfill watches. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Look, it, we didn't know about climate change back then. 
This is 2019. How could we have known? Um, and uh, I'm 100 percent JK. And, that's very sweet. No, yeah. And so I so I give it to to uh, to Portia, and Portia's like, "Oh, honey, look at what Neil got me." And she goes, "That's nice, Neil. Where'd you get it? Woolworths." Oh my burn! It's just like she's fucking funny. And yes, mean. yes. Um, you kind of felt that in the common car. <laughs> common car getting car. Carmen, oh, comedy. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. And, because yeah. like there's that moment. It's one of the few comedians in cars where Jerry is saying, You can tell who the husband is. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Are you leaving me out to dry on this one? Yeah, no, the, it's like a tense moment. It's yeah. like a moment where Jerry is kind of being a gen using gender stereotypes, using and, gender. St- yeah. I was gonna say just kind of being his age, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's something my dad would say. My dad would be like. Well, you know which one's the husband, don't you? It's yeah. the one that makes the money or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. he's kind of saying that to her. Yeah. And Ellen, to her credit, is sort of like the fuck. I are you can't. Talking I about? can't endorse this. She wouldn't do it. Nope. But then they left it in the show. That is to Seinfeld's credit. Yes. He left a mistake. Like there's a tense, or maybe he didn't notice, but I think he noticed. No, I think he noticed. Right. Yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasts and the beautiful thing about that show, which is basically a podcast, is that like you leave in the errors, like the Ricky Gervais uh, China thing, the joke. Yes. Like leaving that in is now bringing television into the realm of podcasts because podcasts are, are supposed to be like a safe sort of new media. I know right. that this might, we might blow the lids by talking the about scenes. it. But it's this like, yeah, secret. yeah, we're just going right into your earbuds. Sometimes yeah. people are like, we play your podcast in my restaurant. I'm like, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do yeah. that. This is just us. Yeah. Just us. I, that, that, if I was going to do the thir- second, third act of Philadelphia joke, I'd have to be like, either it's out of roast or I'd have to be like, you need to understand context like yeah. for 35 minutes. Exactly. These are mean jokes. Everyone's yes. being very mean. Yeah. Like I said on, uh, on, on, cause somebody, I'd said, I'd said on my podcast, How Neil Feel, available now. How Neil uh, Feel. How Neil Feel. Are yeah. we spelling F E A L? No, F-E-E-L. Oh, we okay. all all correct spellings. Um, but it's N-E-A-L. Yeah. I, I need rhymes. either N-E-E-L no, 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 or F-E-E-L. Rhyming used to be enough. Uh, <laughs> back in my day, rhyming was enough. Yeah, I understand. Um, the, uh, but so I talked about working with Al Franken on a... Rock was doing a rewrite of a script he wrote, and he did a roundtable, and Franken was there. And then someone like wrote about it in The Hollywood Reporter or something, and I was like that Al Franken work with rock and then they did a thing and they questioned and it was just like, Hey man, if I'm talking about shit, don't fucking leak. And like, even though it was public, right. It's like, ah, it mean not, that it was a, a punch up a private. Thing. Yeah. It was kind of like I saw Al Franken and he was cool and I liked him. And it was like, it did uh, Chris rock work with Al Franken. And all this stuff. I was like, yeah, don't make it a public it's, this isn't for attribution, so to I speak. Understand. Obviously, it is, and people make news on podcasts all the time. But in ideally, it, you don't want you got to be. It's got to be a really, really famous person. Yeah, I, I mean this in a. It sounds it's not humility, and I know you will know that. I realize I'm Disney World famous, meaning I can go to Disney World no problem. <laughs> yeah, great, <laughs> and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm also podcast famous, meaning I can kind of say stuff. Somebody I can't say who it was, but a very, very famous comedian told Mike Birbiglia recently, he was like, I feel like there's, uh, you got kind of got to go under the radar a little bit. You don't want to be, I'll put it this way. Jim Gaffigan was like, never be cool. Never be on the cover of Rolling Stone. Because then you're really under the Well, microscope. it's like, what's the difference between 
I mean, uh, you and I are not famous enough for it to be worthwhile to cancel. That I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I, it's I, not like Kevin Hart. I know forty comedians who had tweets about homosexual. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's certain... just you reach a certain level that they go, okay, now get them. Right. Well, now, now it's worth our. It's gonna. This is gonna be worth a lot of clicks. Right. And this is gonna. And you know, Kevin is very corporate, so they wanted to. They wanted to. They wanted to. Like, oh, he has a lot of allegiances to big money. Well, he no, he's corporate in that. Like he is a spokesman for Chase and football. That's what and I mean. Just yeah. like every. So he's a brand, and so it's fun to get him for them. Right. Whereas you and I, it's like someone tried to cancel me one time. They did. I mean, this is like seven years ago. It's like, dude, it's too early. You gotta wait. Give it a give it a while. Give wait a for your us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't. No. Yeah, exactly. Don't. You, you can, give, I could see Neil Brennan doing some great horror movies. I have a really good idea for a horror movie. Tell me. I am not going to. I'm it's just too good to. It's Neil, too if good you to started say. to tell me, I would have stopped you. Okay, great. <laughs> I would have been like, that's crazy. Which would you prefer? My. You want to hear about my dreams? Which would you rather hear? Uh, oh, here's a funny joke. I actually like hearing about people's dreams. What would you rather, if you were dating a girl, would you rather her have a porn on Pornhub, multiple porns on Pornhub, or uh, a character reel on YouTube? That is so fucking funny. <laughs> That is so a reel of her characters on YouTube wearing different hats and different there's a hats mustache, mustache and voices. And, hey, I am an old lady, and one of them is the lady, the girl from the ring. Yep. <laughs> or would you rather her just have done porn? I would take the reel. I you would take the the character reel. Yeah, I gotta go porn. Really? Yeah, I knew you'd go porn. Well, it it's on brand, but also <laughs> the thing about. If you're dedicated to the that hat lifestyle, <laughs> I'm I'm way I have way more in common with porn stars than I do with someone who would put a character reel on YouTube. I once asked a porn star I was on a podcast, and I I actually regret it. I said, "If you had a billion dollars, would you keep making porn?" And they were like, "Of course not." And that obviously, I don't know many other professions. You have a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more or less. You still do stand up. Yes. I there are, but there in, in her I, defense there are so few jobs where the people No, keep I know. A billion I know. It's not fair. I mean you could the say question's that, not fair, yeah. It's not a fair question. And it's not exclusive to porn stars. But like um that that's something that always comes to mind. This when I and think that's about. the first time that woman has been victimized by a man. <laughs> that that time you asked her that question. That's the first time in her life. What you're saying is it's an industry of victimization. That's I think that's what I'm saying. Because I I wasn't it's not that I wasn't going to bring this up, but I've been thinking about you and it's come up because you, I saw you do an interview or something where you were like, I look at porn every day and I almost texted you, Neil, stop telling people that. <laughs> Why? Let's talk about it. Yeah. I can see the Neil Brennan tone. I said, I look at, por- I mean, first of all, I look at porn. <laughs> this isn't an intervention. No, 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 no. I think no, most no, but people. I, I'm making fun of myself saying. You said you're sure is that I look at porn. You, I, this is what it was. I'll do a Neil Brennan impression. Yeah, like, you know I look at porn. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's fine. Like once a day, I'm looking at porn. Like you just kind of yeah, like, yeah, threw yeah. it away. Yeah. And by the way, there's no judgment here. There's been long periods of my life where I looked at porn every day. Yeah. And I had to take a look at that. 
not not even in a moral judgment sort of yeah. way. And I brought it up with Moshi, Moshi Kosher. Mm-hmm. Moshe Kasher, excuse me. <laughs> I'm trying to fuck up his name on purpose and then I can't say yeah. it. But I was saying, like, I just don't know what it does to our mammal, our lizard brains, like yeah. the lower parts of nobody, our brains. Nobody does know. Con- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's what I'm having issue with. Oh, I mean, okay, so when I say... When we're constantly watching endless new breasts... Endless, I know someone and who's the joke right is, now doing a no... is basically on a sex fast and is not... Watching porn, not Jerking going it. on Instagram, not masturbating, not ejaculating yeah. for like 90 days. They're in the... They're kind of in a 12-step slob I program. get it. And I got really interested. They're called No Fap. I'm sure it's a, it's yeah. a Reddit. Yeah. And I will say... So I have a bit about it. Here it goes. It's, it's very short. I just go, since I've been off porn since my daughter was born. And it's kind of cliche, but I was like... I have this whole thing about you see what the human body is for. You have this new respect. I got off porn. And I've been off porn for over a year now with some slip-ups. I'm not like yeah. – let's not even call them slip-ups. With an occasional, ah, fuck it. I'm too anxious. I'm too depressed. I'm You're too flexible. whatever. I'm, You're flexible. It's like the f- – yes. I'm flea-born. Flasturbate. But let's put it this way. If I go off porn 100% in my mind, flasturbate, I, I always flasturbate. P-H. It's, it's flaccid. <laughs> Me saying I don't look at porn full stop means I look at porn maybe once every six, three, four months. Yeah. And that's okay with me. Yep. Now, since I've been off porn, and this is the bit I go, low level sensuality is back on I the I love menu. that bit. You did it the other night. Oh, you saw it? Yes. So I saw like the preview for, yeah, cats, for cats and I'm like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's true. Yeah. I like bet. there's people in like skin tight leotards. They're covered in hair. I don't have a cat fetish, but it, it was erotic. They're yes, dancing. And now you're just into. Human bodies. Yes, but... But I don't need gyrating asses. And if I haven't eaten, I'm going to be hungry for... I'm going to be more sensitive to food. Right. But having a normal diet uh, is not unhealthy. I don't. Uh, that's my counter argument. Oh, and my other target. Ca- I don't. And again, you know I don't I'm not think coming at you. I'm, yeah. I like talking about this. Yes. Thing. And I, my other argument would be, I when I say every day, I don't mean every day. That's I, totally what I'm fair. saying is like if I have a girlfriend, I'm like we're having sex once a day. You have sex every day. I mean, no, but I'm saying. Oh, I see. Like I'm not doing it <laughs> twice on Saturday. <laughs> Like that's I've literally never Dude, been one of those people. I think sex is the quickest way in to a comedian's mind. I really do. I feel like Go. the black Tell and me white what you mean. hyper. We're, we can be very hyper literal, right? Uh-huh. And we're and so many comedians have the like. What's the deal with sex? I put this in there. I go, whoa, yeah, 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 like, yeah. what was yeah. that? Like, it's so yeah. confusing to us. Yes. And that hyper practicality, at least for me, I used to have a bit about being. I was I was sexting with somebody that I was dating. And I came, and they kept going, and immediately they were like, "I'm wet," and I'm like, "Gross!" Like, <laughs> like it's just like nothing. It, and I said, "It's like pouring water on a fire; it's gone." Well, that and uh, that is the hyper practical like, jokes here. Uh, I had a tweet, and then I think Sarah did the same tweet, which was, I mean, not like she still was like years later, but if nothing. My my the my the one of the to me the the scariest uh, genre of horror movie is porn that I'm no longer watching. 
porn after I've met after I've oh after my I've come, Jesus! Then you're like, what the fuck is this? Yes, what are you doing to her? Marin has that bit where he yes. goes, "You're done, but the party's still going." Yes, I love that bit. Uh, That's what I mean. That's the cleanest look at a at a comedian's brain. Yeah, is they're paying it to, and and Nick. But Powell, I think that what we're all talking about, we're all saying the same thing. I think the human experience is once you're done with sex. It's the furthest thing. For, you're it's just the same. Like, dude, it's the same with hunger, which you already said. Seinfeld yeah. has that great bed. Why do you pay for the meal after the meal? You're like, I don't want all this food. I'm full. Yeah. That's a comedian's brain. That's a sex joke. Yeah. Meaning it's a human impulse joke. Meaning it's the same thing with our anger. You know when you get really angry and then like the next day you're like, wow, I was on Who it. Was that's, that? yeah. that's a funny angle. Yes. And all of comedy is balancing the tension between our clear conscious brains and our fucking ape bodies. Yeah. That's comedy. And yes. it's never... That's why my closer past four specials, including this one, is about sex. And it always will be. I just can't top the absurdity. I had a funny... Uh, I was talking to... We were talking about... Me and Rock were talking about specials. And I said, but they all of your specials close with sex. And he goes, not the good ones. Hilarious. <laughs> and I was like... No, I can't remember what it was. He's like, not the best ones, I think is what he said. Like, right. there is a, ba- whatever. Jamboree closes with uh, a uh, relationship bit. Well, yeah, or it's it's all date. I mean, again, it's like kind of sex. It's not actually fucking. Right. But it's relationship. and Yeah, that's right. And like, no, I mean, uh, I love you. Like, that's bring the well, pain. Well, I love your bit about you can't like a person for why you like them. Yes. Like, you date Asian women. I have dated Asian women. You only yeah. date Asian women. I only date Asian Tweet women. Tweet it. Tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But you can't say I like yeah, you. Yeah, you like them because of why you like them. Right. It has to be some they don't like. Women don't want. You have to like them that for is, everything. But then you've never heard. I'm sorry yeah, to yeah, just yeah, quote yeah. the bit, yeah. but I've never heard a girl set you up or introduce you to a girlfriend and be like, she's Becky, she's 28, she's brave. Yeah, exactly. It's never character logic. It's always. It's well, dude, like, what I thought when Val and I say this to each other all the time, I'm like, I can't believe my favorite person is in my favorite packaging. That, yeah, that's, no, that's like, a fucking miracle. That's, that's, a, mir- about, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. That makes me believe when in, like, you're in magic. a relationship that works. Yeah. The amount of things that need to line up. It's insane. It's like, how is any... Well, first of all, I would say the percentage of people whose marriages I'm, I'm, I think are worthwhile is so small. Yeah. And I would put you on that list almost Appreciate. basically because I don't see you, you and Val together. Not like... I just don't see the relationship because you hide it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> because hilarious. like... Uh, but like just what you just said yeah. indicates that you're in a good relationship we can be honest like that yeah i (laughs) yes like you're you're i'm attracted to this person and they say funny shit yep and i like the the way i like their their map of the world and stuff that wouldn't have been on an online dating profile we didn't meet online but i'm just saying like questions i don't think they're asking and the what they call the intangibles The intangibles, yes. yes. But Val and I, since we've been dating, have changed. That's the name of our comedy tour, by the way. The, the intangibles. intangibles. Yeah. I would love to be on the comedy tour. I don't tour. because it doesn't mean anything. That is so fun. Um, like, people, what do they get? The intangibles of comedy. What, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but we dress like mobsters, of course. <laughs> yeah. Cigars, yeah. big rings. Yeah. Of course. 
Yeah. <laughs> the intangibles. <laughs> but the fact that Val and I have grown in similar directions Another is miracle. insane. Another miracle. Like the fact I'm like super into like Eckhart Tolle. She loves Eckhart Tolle more than I do. Yeah. What if I, 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 I would deal with it? But it's a miracle that I can be like, and she loves comedy. What if you meet Eckhart Tolle and he's a dick? What do you do then? I mean, I would be shocked. Right, but that'd be funny as hell. It would be funny. Man, that'd be funny as hell. I'd like to write Man, the Pete. shallow Hal Tony Robbins scene, but it's fucking Eckhart Tolle being I don't an remember the, the Tony Robbins scene show. Huh? It's just when Tony Robbins is sort of playing like, he's not even being a dick. But we Chappelle could. reminded me of an observation I made about shallow Hal. Hey, Neil. Which is, he reminded me like recently, he goes, it's like your shallow Hal observation. That's what's nice about knowing someone for so long. Yeah. He goes, you, I go, what was my observation? He goes, you go, uh, so, uh, so let me get this straight. Everyone who's fat is nice. That's really funny. And I was like, oh yeah, that's fucking, that's such great. a dumb premise for a movie. And that's a really good deal. That all famous people, all fat people are incredibly sweet inside. That's really funny. I am writing currently a, a, a new book about the the deep spirituality of stupid shit, basically. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> and any body swap movie, whether it be black to white, which is places, the opposite of what you normally write, just the stupid shit about spirituality. You folks, are folks, folks, you I haven't are read them, fun. but uh, folks, it was right there. You, you, you see fun. a joke. You're have right, you read Cash in right, the Right, tell you. I have read Cash. Oh, I was just gonna be- bad friend you. No, I I have because I felt like I had to. Can I mean, it was it, it was. No, I actually read it. Um, And I will say that Cash on the Right informed the way I ended Three Mics. Oh, wow. Because I found the wrap-up of Cash on the Right to be too tidy. And you wanted it to be... I didn't want it to be. I just was like... I the squint thing fucking chills just remembering it. Yeah. That you have to squint to see it. Yeah. That's fucking... I have the chills. Thank you. It's life... We were watching it. I was putting it on again while we were waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, while we were setting up. You weren't late uh, yet. <laughs> Burn. Uh, you have a billion dollars. Um, you you fat fuck. Like, um... <laughs> <laughs> you fat fuck. I should punch you in the face right That's now. Funny. I should punch you in your fat face There's right no... now. And then I cry and you go, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then we put on Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> no, the one from Philadelphia. Sorry. Yep. Um, so we were watching that, and I was like, wow. Sometimes when I'm on stage and I'm talking to people and it's just about some bullshit, I'm like, this is crazy that I have 300 people captively listening to me, and I'm not saying something of deep importance. Yeah. Do you ever – I mean, that's sort of what you remedied with three mics. Yeah. Well, I didn't I, – uh, I knew – I didn't want to be glib for an hour. You mean stand up? I mean, yeah, I think stand up is you want to hear me be glib for an hour. I want to hear glib observations for an hour. You want or glib, glib uh, reframings of life, right? Glib interpretation. It's generally snideness. <laughs> glib interpret. I mean, I just mean our tone is generally as comedians. It's very like. I got this figured out to sit back. Here it comes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I knew uh, I am too like that in life that to do that for an hour is not appealing. Well, Neil, I've known you a very long time. I love you. Yes. And I watched that special and I was like, oh, fuck. It was right in front of my face. Like you sort of feel like, of course, he's dealing. Yeah, I, I was guilty. I was like, of thinking I was cold, bored, superior. Were, yeah, I, I didn't think you were cold. I thought you were 
just like a concrete badass. Like like what you joke that your your black friends would be like, you don't give a fuck. I was yeah. like, Neil doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And you go, because I'm sad. Yes. And I... Okay, Mark going back Cur- to the, the comedian body. comedian Mark Curry actually said he doesn't give a fuck in front of the Laugh Factory in 1994. I remember Mark Curry. Yeah. Little head, big teeth. Okay. he's But he's like your size, big. We're talking about somebody else. Yeah. I'm talking about a dude at the Boston, black guy, little head, big teeth. Hmm. It doesn't matter. My point, yeah, it, it kind of goes back stupid, to the body swap thing. That was Kevin Hart. It was Kevin Hart. That motherfucker, you stupid motherfucker, that little little head, big teeth. <laughs> you stupid. I think Kevin Hart has a proportionate head. No, Kevin Hart's good looking. No, he's he's good looking. Yeah, that's why it's fun to make fun of how short he is. Yep, yep. He's actually here, Kevin. <laughs> okay, come on, <laughs> Kevin. Are you hiding in the elliptical again, Kevin? He was behind the three, the three I mean, button. <laughs> okay, what? come on. I mean, he's not that small. Now we're being comical. Yeah, we're having fun though. He goes back to the body swap thing. So my point about body swap comedies is we know that what we really are. Sorry to get this way. No, how I do. We are our consciousness, and you can take that consciousness and put it in different things. And your consciousness woke up in an Irish Catholic family. You looked like that, and you kind of grew around. But to make it less woo-woo, you can just say your your brain, your awareness that's happening. That's who you are. And that's what all body swaps are saying. Let's move them around. What, right. what would it be like if you were in this one or this one and this one? And that's a very deep idea. Yeah, I have resting dick face. Now, when people say... RDF. You seem mean, or you seem, and I'm like, I, I know, yeah, it's I know. Just your packaging. It's just, I, I literally can't control it. Like to the point where I was like, should I wear clown makeup on stage? That's hilarious. Like, would that help? You could wear Deepak Chopra red frames, and then people would be like, you mean Ooh. fabulous Neil? Fabo Neil? <laughs> um, FNB? Uh, Fab Neil Brown? Yeah. The, I mean, that's, but that's what I'm saying. And yes, I fucking made the mistake the shallow how thing your your joke stands yeah not all heavier people are nice yeah but not everybody is their packaging so not all beautiful people are interesting or thin i i think it's worse than that i think almost i think people that we give credit for we give credit to who they are and you know i'm talking about actors is mostly they're just models i completely agree the thing i like about comedians is and I think that the reason why comedians are so popular and so valued by culture, I, I don't think it's, I think comedians are so valued by culture right now, but I think it's uh, appropriate. I think it's deserved. Because and it's an interior thing. Because, yes. It's an inside Because thing. you can take me, you can take my inner person, right? Yep. And you could put it in a uh, better looking person, worse looking person. Body uh, swap. Bod- you could body swap. And you would know it's me. Yeah. I take Joaquin Phoenix's personality out of Joaquin Phoenix. I don't fucking know this guy. He's just some fucking guy who works at fucking uh, Whole Foods. And by the that's way, name, I feel like name that's any actor, well, take him out. I was going to say Brad Pitt is one of my absolute favorites. And I... I think he's one of those gorgeous people that's done the work to become a great actor. He didn't necessarily need to because in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm like, look at this motherfucker. Like, it's just I've said this a million. But if you give photos of beautiful silverback gorillas to gorillas, they'll look at them all day. Well, you know, we probably talked about this. Statistically, they I think we talked about they offered monkeys uh, cherry flavored juicy juice. 
that's their shit, or <laughs> watching video of their pack leader. And they prefer to watch videos of pack leader. Wow. Over Juicy Whoa. Yeah. I don't uh, remember that. Yeah. So, so when I'm watching Brad Pitt, that's my pack leader. I yes. go, like, look at how yes. fucking effortless yes. he is. He's, Brad Pitt is, is beautiful. He's great looking. And dude, Take I'll, his personality out. And what do you know? What do you know about Brad Pitt? Ha 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 ha! Well, who he is like he? That. <laughs> right, but who? You, <laughs> me, like you could name, you could give me twenty attributes if you just see three mics. I could put you in Joaquin Phoenix, and I'd go Neil. Neil? Yes, <laughs> dude, yes. that is some fucking cold ass. Yeah, but I that's why it. I think actors are. Compl- I've had actors agree with me that they are emotional models. That they're empty vases. That they're you models. Fill them up. They look like models. Yeah. Almost all of them. Even I would see even Steve Buscemi in person. Steve Buscemi's pretty good looking. I agree. He's charismatic. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's yeah. got charisma. He's um, he's movie weird looking. Yeah. So he's weird looking in a movie, but yeah. These people. Have you been to fucking Somerville? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just no, no. But I'm saying town. like ninety percent of actors is just what do they look like? I. It's to the that. point I said to you about your body, which is our, when I cut to you, either you're yeah. ch- you're fat and you're which means you're cr- chubby. You're haven't a I jolly texted you out of the blue to just be like, thank you for that? It's weird Probably, to think yeah. that I came to L.A. expecting more people to just be like, what are you doing? Help you? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's I guess it's helped me even though you took some discomfort. You actually gave me the option. You were like, either lose. 30 pounds or gain 20 pounds. He's like, yeah, be a big fat guy or, or, or like you're right on this bubble that I don't like. Yes. And I really appreciate it. No, it's, yeah, it's, I can help. I will help. People. Right. I can help you. And then it gets in, like now I talk about myself. I like this actually for a lot of reasons, but because it detaches me from identifying with myself going back, this, this is my packaging. And then when I'm talking about a show and I'm like, oh, we want to do a new show. Well, what are the ways we can differentiate the guy that was on Crashing in a new show? Well, maybe I'll get in really good shape. I talk about it just like maybe we'll paint a car. Like I well, look at it very what, That's what it is. I mean, I was, I, there's another mean tweet I wrote, which is uh, I'm growing a mustache or as actors call it, writing. Funny. <laughs> which is like, what are, you, what are you doing? I think the thing that I like about Brad Pitt is. Wait, he, what do you mean by that? They consider when an actor grows a mustache, that's oh like, a, my God. like they're writing. It's like, that's not writing. You just fucking grew a mustache. Dude, like, Joaquin Phoenix and her. And I like Joaquin Phoenix a lot. I do too. I All of these people do. that we're talking about, Brad Pitt, I met three weeks ago and is, was a doll. Yeah, of course. And is. the thing I like about him, and he likes my stand up. So I'm, but, wow. um, but was he in the crowd? Ha 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 ha. That's his laugh, dude. Look it up. Um, but <laughs> what I like about Brad Pitt is that he knows he knows that he's like he's Brad Pitt, really. But he also knows that it's completely like fate. Who knows better than a woke, g- gorgeous person? And I, I know it's stupid for me to say woke. I'm just saying an evolved, gorgeous person yeah. knows the game. Yes, it's Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy in whiteface in SNL, right. yes. going like. Oh, this silly is, Negro. Yeah, yeah, walking around. What a Brad silly Pitt Negro. goes around going like, "What? Yeah, why? Because it's because I'm good looking, and because and he's super super fame. Yeah, and but but he, and that's why they're always wearing he, weird necklaces and stuff. They're like, "Can I pull this off?" <laughs> no, I think that more has to do with like I'm so lucky. Let me connect this to something. Connect it um, to a necklace. Uh, connected to crystals or connected to whatever. Oh, I see. Um, like magic thinking. Yeah. Um, because this is so crazy. 
I get that. Um, that I have there. Somebody has to be who a everything reason. has gone other than their just way. randomness. If everything goes your way, you're much quicker to believe that you're manifesting reality. Yeah, Chappelle has that bit about like tell a starving kid in Africa about the yeah secret. to manifest a ham sandwich yeah. right and manifest a ham sandwich yeah and you don't typically see people in impoverished nations going like you make your own reality yeah exactly right yes. I mean I'm just no it's I'm the, just it's, agreeing. it's leisurely it's it's uh it's it's elective it's like but Brad Pitt going bad and unconverted I just mean his worldview Brad Pitt would not like if I've Brad heard, Pitt believed that it was not magic and that if he would be dusty Rhodes in face in the crowd do you ever see face in the crowd no best one of the one of the best really? maybe the most cynical movie of all time oh elia kazan andy griffith mm. plays a guy who basically wins american idol and uh it's it's the most cynical movie you've ever seen to the point where andy griffith apparently yelled at elia kazan like you fucking broke me doing the movie yeah because is it a movie about believing your hype? It's a movie about cynicism toward the audience and cynicism toward like what people will buy. I get that. I think it's a very how do you do when it comes to believing your hype? I'm are you guarded? It sounds like you're uh, no, I'm I'm I am lucky. It. Here's where I'm lucky. Uh, in in regards to this it's that's a hindrance but it's in regards to this it's i'm lucky i because i have resting dick face rdf my jokes have to be damn near perfect because hmm. i can't sell them you were pretty floppy moppy in your in your special though and i was like look at me oh uh, well yeah I've, look come, on, at come on and that's not even good by the way i'd had a panic attack the night before what do you mean i took a quarter xanax for free mics wow which i hate I hate that I did that. My breath is shallow, that whole special. I watched the other day. I was like, fuck, my breath's shallow. All um, I care is that you're not yelling. <laughs> I love that you're cool. Oh, yeah. And yes. you you do it well. Yes. And you're not I don't think thrown. that I'm without uh, uh, charm. I'm just saying I'm not Dave or Crystalia or like just wow, like easy, Dude. the fucking easiest. When I did Radio City with Chappelle... I'm so glad I did, not even for the experience, but it made me appreciate Chappelle more because that's like 7,000 people. Yeah. I went out and my knee was shaking. I've uh-huh. been doing stand-up for 20 years. Uh-huh. And my knee, first of all, it's not just 7,000 people. It's 7,000 people that don't give a fuck about me. Yeah, that are, that are yeah, maybe even hostile. Maybe even hostile. Yeah. Yeah, and Radio City. No, they're not hostile. They're not hostile. I saw some. They weren't like arms. black. Yeah, they weren't. They, it wasn't like a black. It wasn't the Apollo. It wasn't the absolutely not the yeah. Apollo. Um, and it wasn't even about that. It was just like I even think I said I was like I'm in the way right now. Yeah, like I want to watch Dave too. Yeah. But like this yeah. is this is what's happening. Yeah. And just on a body level, my knee started shaking. I was proud of myself because I walked around a little bit. I know. I I know exactly what, what I'm talking. I about. know exactly because what your the thing that happened with comedy, it's I compare it to the altitudes program. Like what your body does one thing at one altitude, the next altitude, first time you do TV, you don't know what your body's going to do. That's right. First time you do a half an hour, you don't know what your body's going to do. First time you do uh, a two thousand seater, you don't know what. Every venue, there's a new. Your body's like, where the fuck are it's we? A new altitude. The fuck are we doing? And yeah. it is like the space, like where it's like your face. You literally, your knee is shaking. Yeah, at that I've flown a lot of planes, but now I'm yes. on a rocket. 
Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. It's the same instrumentation. And dude, I have a long story about Radio City I won't bore you with, but there was no hang. I'm sure you did it. Yeah. And when I I was shocked that I was just like in a a room by myself Uh and I had my phone in a bag. It's this whole thing that I was like, it made me feel so unwelcome. Yeah. Also, it has nothing to do with Dave. The Radio City staff, yeah, they're like, not. They don't want you. They didn't like, want who, me there. It's their, their, their. It's their obstructionist. They don't want you to get backstage. At That's Radio right. City. I got, and we're titty babies. At least I'm a titty baby deep inside. And like by the, I went in with ten confidence. By the time I got on stage, I was at a three. Yeah, because so many people had asked me who the fuck I was. Yeah, what what I was doing there. Give me your phone. Surrender your phone. I'm on the show. Give me your phone. I have notes on my phone. Give me your phone. Yeah. Then I was alone, and I was I was picturing a green room with. I thought Dave would be there. I thought you, other, Will Sylvans would be there. Yeah. We were all separated. Anyway, you were like a Muslim trying to get into America. Go ahead. <laughs> I go out. Cypher sounds brings me up as like he says this is a hard ass motherfucker. He does like an ironic intro. Yeah. Talks about how street I am. Yeah. They stopped clapping and laughing before I got to the mic. Uh-huh. It's a long walk. Yep. And then my leg was shaking, and the the la- the timing of the laughs was so weird. Was a half a beat off. It's and nobody told me that because there was no fucking hang. There was no, no. But that's not. That's just big venue. No one. No one would think to tell you that. If I had been in a green room with Will Sylvans, I think he would have been like, "Hey, just so you know, I can't do the voice." <laughs> There's just so you know. <laughs> hey, just so you know. Yeah. Handshake. Um, it's going to take a half a beat for the laugh to reach you. I've done other huge... Didn't you do Oddball? Didn't they have... I've done other huge venues. Yeah. It's not the same as Radio City. Interesting. I did... Just recently, we did The Garden, uh, and because of the layout, the laughs came in real time. It was the best. Which... which Boston way? Garden. It was... Oh, uh, for Comics, Comics Come, Come Home. Home. Yeah. At Radio City, it was like when a truck goes by, and then yeah. a second later, you feel the breeze. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I tell the first joke, and I'm like, I guess that didn't work. Anyway, the point of the story is I that- now, but my the counter quickly is I was comfortable there and I was happy. I was thankful to my body because your body was like, "We got you." Yeah, dude. I think it's so funny to be stuck in this thing that is so confident and at the same time so vulnerable. And it kind of goes back to what we're saying about you seem so whatever. Yeah, and of course you're dealing with everything. And a comedian can be like, "I'm here to rock yeah. Radio City." Chappelle asked me to be here yeah. personally, and then by the time three people ask me who the fuck I am, I'm like, I need my mom. <laughs> yeah, I want to ride home. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm uh, somebody. I was talking to somebody. Goes like, nothing bothers you, and I was like, everything bothers. I know. Me. I not to be narcissistic, but I had the fantasy. I was like, I wish I could have been the friend. That when we were at Swingers, where you told me the weight thing, which was hilarious, if I had been like, Neil, are you are you sad? Like I, yeah. I, I, not in a trite way or a magic trick way, but like it was, it's sort of right in front of your face. Yeah. Why couldn't I have been like, nobody's that hard? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? No, no. By the way, I went. To, everybody uh, is both the Gwyneth Paltrow and the big, the heavy person in Shallow How. Everybody's everything. Yes. The point of the story, because I want to go back to what we're talking about, sadness and stuff, is when Chappelle went up, he looked like he was in the tub. I don't mean he looked like he was in his living room. He looked like he was in a bath. Like, I think I have video of him. Like he looked more comfortable than I am right a, now. I think it might have been from Radio City, where we're talking. Literally, we're just talking on the side of the stage. The lights come up behind him, and he just walks away and goes on stage. Yeah. And I was like, I maybe I was with somebody. And I was like, did you see that? Yeah. 
It's like unbelievable. it's like a nothing happened. There's no difference. He'd rather be on stage. Is the truth? He'd rather be on stage all the time because think- he's just a ham. It's like Dalia <laughs> is just a fucking ham. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, I'm not really a ham. I my thing is like I will write the jokes and I will deliver them as best as I can. Yeah, because I, your time is valuable. And I don't want to be embarrassed by failing. Yeah. And, and so I'm people. lucky in that I don't think like I don't I don't really look at like the other day I wrote about half baked on Twitter, like I literally did a poll. I don't I know saw if you saw it. where I was like, is half baked good? Yeah. Seventy percent said yeah. I now I'd said on the Twain thing it's not good. And I kind of stand by that. So but then everybody started tweeting back parts of it and I was like, that's fucking fun. it was I was like kind of sold on it being funny, right? Yeah. And then I, for a second, I got to, you've done a lot of fucking good, funny shit, man. And then it kind of, before I... Could even hold it. Yeah, it's like, I I don't think it's... Sometimes I'll say to Rock, like, you know, you're one of the best comedians who've ever lived. And it will be like, da-da-da. I go, it's not going to make a difference day to day. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't, you know... Day in, day out, you're still stuck in you. Day in, day out, you're still stuck in this dumb fucking... I got to put food in my mouth yeah. and chew it go. and swallow it That's and then make pe- poop and yeah. people eating alone make me so sad because they're just like i need this <laughs> like there's no social element they're just yeah. like if i don't get this soup i'll stop it tells you what it is yeah it, it tells it, you what yeah. it is yeah it tells che you made a is. funny observation which i agree with which is like he's like i don't like eating with people on dates because i think it's too intimate and it's he's really not wrong about yeah. like it's uh, it was in the pilot of my so-called life. She makes the same observation. Oh, great! I can't believe we do this with each other. Another com- another Che so-called life crossover. He's always ripping Claire Danes. So much, always so much, including the new shit. <laughs> anyway, the shit on on uh, terrorism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of the show. We both yeah. tried. Yeah, yeah, we both the tried. terrorism. What were we saying? The terrorist lady who likes oh, jazz. Do yeah. She likes jazz. She likes to go home and listen to jazz. That's my so embarrassing. That's my writing burn is whenever writers and dramas are trying to make someone seem crazy, it's like just show them listening to bird. <laughs> Cuz it sounds like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, oh, that's me. It's like they must be insane cuz yeah. that's what it sounds like in their head. Yeah. What? Your black people can only be sad by playing the saxophone is the funniest thing I've ever yes. heard. Yes. So fucking funny. Somebody said that when at the at the uh at the opening of three mics which which uh seth and trevor were at seth trevor john legend and chrissy and you go that's all right that's pretty you want to do well there and chris and dave wow and uh somebody said when i did that joke they both looked at each other like fuck i <laughs> love that yeah i that's don't know if it's best. exactly true but only I think, jealousy only yeah. i wish i had written like, that counts both of us you know how you know how fucking valuable that would have been that is so you know how much money i could make off that joke that the saxophone tour sax fucking yeah <laughs> that's a, i can build a fucking special around that spacklesophone um because you're building it mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. With half baked, this is something that you gotta. I've been realizing. I, I tried this on stage; it doesn't work. I feel like anybody reviewing something should have to write a one-page, single-spaced essay on the state of their life at the moment. It's mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. This does. It's not funny. It's more like a TED talk. Yeah. Because when people, I sometimes catch myself having the the desire to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag again. It's it's a video game, mm-hmm. and it's not that I want to play the game. It's I want to feel how I felt so when you were when that, I played that period it. in your life. Yeah. And it was when I was just a single guy in an apartment playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah. You know that's I mean? Lauren always says he knows 
how old someone is by who their favorite SNL cast is. Exactly. Was SNL ever as good as we thought it was in or high was it our high school yeah. time and our yeah. first exposure? Music's like everything's kind of exactly. like Exactly. So to these people, Half-Baked is amazing. Yeah. And that's helpful to keep in mind as we're making stuff. Yeah. I also think that it's fucking li- – those are – I look at the jokes and uh, the jokes that people were quoting and I'm like, that is fucking pretty crazy that I was able to write that when I was 23. Yeah. I was the guy at the Boston. I mean, like I know this. I was the guy who would been worked at the door at the Boston four years before that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the Boston from your show. Yeah, like that's pretty fucking impressed. Like not even I'm. I'm uh, proud of him. I'm. That's fucking good for you, man. I'm proud of that, Neil. Too. Yeah, we kept trying to get Chappelle to come by and see the set. Thanks. I'm sure. Yeah, but Queens and during the day and <laughs> please. I that's how Honestly, by the way dude, like, by the way so did I and it was called Chappelle show hilarious tried to get him to come by and see the set that is hilarious <laughs> I sometimes it worked sometimes he came by when Eugene and Bobby saw Rafifi because we built Rafifi uh-huh. Bobby cried I bet and when Sarah saw the Boston she was very emotional so it wasn't just like I don't feel that star. You talk about star fucky. I don't feel that star fucky about you. Don't get me wrong. Come no. on. Fucking coolest in the yeah. world. But I actually thought it would have meant something to him. I think he would have fucking it would, broke it's, down. I, in a good the way. way. I My understanding of all this stuff is um, it's, you know, like when I had to write the Twain thing about Dave, I, I cut a joke where I was like, asking to write a tribute to Dave is like, them going hey write a tribute to your neck hilarious <laughs> like my neck it's so part of me like yeah so even the boston is there yeah it's our it, it does exist in my mind i've seeing the video of it like it's a part of you yeah it's just yeah. like it's seeing the video of it was it's emotional because it's so Oh, I, it's it's uh, this thing that I it exists. It's like it it, or it exists in my mind. Yeah, it's like this person that place. died or something. It's a part of my subconscious. Yeah, it's like a a dreamscape or something. Yeah, it's almost would be worse to go. Yeah, yeah, and see how we got it wrong a little bit or whatever. Just well, we like, had to get it. We had to make it a little bit bigger for cameras. Yeah, exactly. But um, I still I know I probably said this. You did the podcast what five years ago? At maybe more, maybe more. Yeah, I still remember being in the hallway at the Boston, and you were going to go on next. And all I did was get bumped all day. It wasn't uh-huh. even bumping. It was just like you go when people yeah, stop when, coming. Yeah, when it's when it's when it's not worth going anymore. Yes, that's exactly. when I'll go. And then you were there, and they were going to put you on. And then you wanted a minute to get ready, and you said, "Put the kid on." Yeah, and you meant me. Yeah, you meant me. At you. And I think I meant it in a way of like the kid. No, I know. Like a showbiz. like It was. The, the kid, kid stays in the yeah. picture. Yeah. But like, it's hard to, uh, maybe it's not hard to believe, especially the young comics listening. There's just such a long period where you're invisible. So even someone who was on Chappelle, like yeah. creating Chappelle show at the yeah. time. So very, very hot Neil Brennan time. Yeah. Calling me anything. Yeah. I was used to watching Bill Burr and Todd Lynn debate for five hours. And I just stood there like the secretary. Yeah. Like I just was there to like chronicle the dialogue. But there's also and that's what I did. And then I, I wrote was it down. talking to <laughs> show. to um, somebody. I was talking to Bigley yesterday about the my. I'm doing a new show, and that I'm going to start in April, in May 
in New York and uh and and like a residency? Yeah, like at the at the uh, Cherry Lane. Like what he did. Yeah. Like what everyone, everybody, everyone's done. Is that yeah. what everyone's doing? Well, that's what I did. Three mics was like that. Like, oh. you know, Mike shows, um, Hassan show, um, Colin. Uh, but I was saying that I i don't have, the thing that makes me lonely in comedy is I don't have peers. I So I was a doorman. So the older guys were Louis, Marin, Attell, John Stewart. Uh, Sarah, my brother, right? So I'm just like the little guy, yeah. right? Then I do half baked, uh, and then I'm like, so I don't. I'm 23. So the only peer at that point is Dave. So then we're peers. We're peers. We're peers. We do the show together. Then we break up. Basically, the show implodes, and so now I'm 30, rich, and a showrunner. Then I really start doing stand up, right? So you, you're like Ricky Gervais in that way, but it's yes. So there's like, you're not my peer. Yeah. Mulaney's not my peer. Yeah. Aziz isn't my peer. In some ways you three are doing better than me as a performer. So then there's that weird tension. (laughs) And I don't know about that. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, you've had fucking many TV shows. Like, right. That's not, I've had no TV show. Well, I had the fucking whatever Sundance or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've had no, or Mulaney and let's go with Mulaney and, and Aziz. Sure. Uh, they're more, so they're not my peers. Kroll's not my peer. I don't have any you peers. You have no peers. You're peerless. And I don't mean that it's because I'm so talented. It's just you a missed weird, out. I just don't have a class. And that's the value You're of, a flower that was planted alone. Yes. So that's the value. I went from being one of 10 to an only child. Yes. Um, but so that's the value of that Assassin's Creed thing, which is like you and you probably in that reality, you call unsuccessful John Mulaney and you call unsuccessful yeah. Kroll or you whoever your close friends or un, yeah. whoever your close friends. With. Unsuccessful Kumail is a, unsuccessful is a good one. Unsuccessful Kumail. It's hard to get Kumail. He, we're seeing him tomorrow because they've been out of the, the out of the country for yeah. three months. Yeah. So like. That's a better. It's not better. It's just a. That's a real. It's a romantic. A real. Yeah. There's a real sweetness to that. Time that's what in crashing your life. was. The whole point of crashing was like. Yes. But you sort of missed that, is what you're saying. You never really. Yeah. Had you got picked very quickly, and well, I, I didn't get picked at all as a comedian, and then and then I was like, I want to be a comedian because right. even the time that I was at the Boston, I like don't even consider that really doing stand up because I would do it like. I wouldn't do it for eight months, and yeah, then that, I'd do it for two, and then I'd go back to the, like I was barely doing you're it. You're afraid. You're not homophobic. You're afraid of gay people in the way your girlfriend's afraid of mice. There you go. You're good afraid, jokes. That's a good joke. Yeah. You're afraid that you might wake up in the middle of the night Something's with one in my, in my mouth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with one, I think you say with one in my mouth. There you go. Um, you also in, had a line which mouth. I think I said yeah. when you did the podcast last time, which I think I've just straight up taken the lesson from it. You could say I, I don't know. You taught me something. <laughs> Or you could be funny and say, I stole it. You were on stage and you were like, do I look comfortable? And I was like, that is so funny. I, I, I can't say that I've said. Was I saying it like, do I look comfortable? Or do no, I look comfortable? You were saying like, it because seem... you looked so comfortable. Maybe yeah. you weren't. But you were so slow and calm. And you said to this not that friendly Boston audience, do I look comfortable? <laughs> Which is the funniest thing. What it taught me was sometimes you dance and sometimes you stop dancing goes back to the ham thing right 
I was actually thinking about you're saying Chappelle's a ham. Some people just want to be on stage. Yeah. Some people like that more. And then there's you and I, which have our ham side. I think you have much more ham than me. I definitely have more ham. Yes. I, though, as I get older, and I'm grateful for the maturing of my ham, mm-hmm. it goes down and down and down. It's getting glazed. It's, it's, a, it's more of a honey baked glaze Go at this ahead. point. One of us had. To. Meaning, <laughs> I was thinking about the first commercial I did today, and they had to shoot this behind the scenes thing. Mm-hmm. You can still watch it, not that you want to, but it's called Die Hard Battery no, Behind to. the Scenes. Go let's, ahead. Let's take 10 minutes and watch it. I'm so manic uh-huh. that I was on a set. Yeah, I was so manic that they said, let's shoot some behind the scenes thing that I'm riffing 10 out of 10 ham yeah. and it's good. It's funny. Yeah. And now I'm not saying I can't do that, but we've learned to compartmentalize ourselves so much that I'm like, I have my ham tank. I want to save the ham tank. Yeah. And some dudes, Delia and Chappelle, and I would say um, Pablo Francisco, I don't know him personally. These dudes are just like, that's a full pig. You know what well, I mean? yeah, Delia just, offstage actually kind of isn't a ham. I don't even mean full-time ham. No, I know ham. what you mean. Yeah, I mean, Dave their is, fullness is on stage. Like quiet. He's not, like, doing bits offstage. But they oink best on stage. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a ten, it's a, their power is increased tenfold. That's right. Whereas, um, I, I don't think they're going, okay, it's time to step into my hamness. I think they're going, now I can be Well, me. there's, this is interesting. So, Dave, part of the reason Dave... To, is so funny as Rick James is because there were 40 women extras. Hilarious. And I said to Will Smith one time, I go, are you better when there's female extras around? He goes, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's Dude, just natural. I just did a podcast um, and then the guy brought his girlfriend out and I got 30% better. And it wasn't even a flirtatious thing. Of course one of the things I was grateful for was that on Crashing, when I did the stand-up, it would be in front of a real audience of extras and would find it. You'd riff it. Yeah. You'd find it. But yeah. it was the tension of having the people there. Yes. And even and um, women people. As a guy, you want to be better around women people. I know. For some reason. And again, I, I have to stress this. It's not, it's not uh, a flirtatious not or cheat, sexual yeah. thing. But like Katie is our usual tech. And that was like, I was like, yep, I know you're here today. <laughs> hilarious but i don't think it's a mistake katie just happened to be the tech that those early podcasts were better because there was a girl watching yeah that's just that's like one of those things do with that what you will yep i don't know is it sexist i don't know you know it's it's uh it's definitely natural but that's what basketball is these guys take the crowd out the game's gonna be different correct you know what i mean i know but to that point i've heard guys uh on commercials will be like yeah on bat when you do basketball commercials couple tricks they lower the rim and the guys will go i'll give you three dunks they don't want to do it no hilarious because it's like you know it's they could get hurt it hurts their wrist a little bit all this stuff it's a little bit inconvenient right yeah and then women will come on set and it'll be like let me get one more hilarious like they just can't help it for me as a performer val has noticed this my whole life because val is doing more and more creative stuff no character real. <laughs> she's doing more and more creative stuff, and she's it's it feels very na- nice for me as a performer to live with somebody. And she goes, "I get it now. I get why my entire life is trying to tweak the levels of what makes me creative, funny, productive, and like 
little things like I'm better if there's women in the scene. You can see it on Crashing, the scenes that I'm doing with women, even the podcasts I do with women. I just like it. Yeah. It's because when I was a kid, girls wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm talking to a girl. This is exciting. Yeah. It's fun. You're stimulated. And I'm also a very feminine person. I like talking about emotions. I like talking. I like being open and honest. I hate, dude, I, not to get into this. I just watched a clip today that really just brought home exactly the type of masculine energy that I grew up with that I hate, Mm -hmm. which is why I love women because I'm from Boston. And in particular, women were the only place I could go to get like feelings talk and like gossip is even These are Boston women, so they're not even that emotional. (laughs) I was watching this clip on Rogan and Lenny Clark was on there talking about uh, Louie and Lenny Clark said the most Boston thing I've ever heard in my life. He goes, these girls that, that ratted him out, he was giving them work. You don't do that. I was like, excuse me? Yeah. And it brought me back to trauma, the trauma of growing up in that type of environment. Obviously, I didn't get it. In a huge way. Right. But that's fucking shit. Like, I got... Another Boston thing people would always say, they'd go like, dude, you love your mother. Uh, you love your wife, but your mother's always number one. And I was like, what is going on here? It's and, just weird. And don't rat on your boss. He gave you a job. So what? He took out his diggle. Like, that is the attitude. Yeah. Don't, don't turn on your boss. That's food in your mouth. Yeah. And don't turn on your mother. I know she wants you to leave your honeymoon early to talk to her for four hours about your father. You got to do it. And I'm yeah. like, guys, go to therapy. Please yeah. go to therapy. I mean, these are people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking You hell. think about where, how old are your mom and dad? 75-ish. My mom's 85. My dad's quite dead uh my dad is uh quite dead very dead uh my dad's uh nine my dad would be 90 how old was he died 83 okay um uh and they're still married even though my dad's dead my mom's alive they're still very very much man and wife kidding that Uh, is so funny i know i I would there's a better version of that joke of like yeah they're they're divorced but but my mom's still married to him that's um the uh the it's like the way they grew my mom was telling me about uh her family and i'm gonna get this wrong but like so her mom died when she was like three and my mom had two sisters and um the mom told her sisters like take my daughters even though her husband was still alive it's like take the daughters like so my Mom and her sisters got split up and went to their aunts, basically. Wow. So right there, it's like, what about the dad? It was like, well, he had to get back on his feet. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, And then, so one of my uh, aunts goes to my great aunts in Ireland, right? This is from Chicago to Ireland. And they didn't pick, it took a while for the dad to get back on his feet, which is like, how long was this going to take? Like, yeah. now we're talking about years. And then, by the way, Pete, they couldn't pick her up for a, a number of years because of the war. Yeah. So these are people yeah. that this is what they're used to. That's right. So to say these people are from a different time is a gross understatement. It's it's a different planet. world. Yeah, it's, it's a different, a different planet. planet. Yes. Yeah. Like they don't even 
So yeah, your like mother what, what trauma and your sister and your th- they just don't. That's they what just I'm go saying. Like, we're cope. They're just people. That they're coping. coping. That's what my nanny said. That's what Katie said. Yeah. I was talking about that. Lenny thing bothered me so much. I was venting about it with her, and she was like, "I'm so glad that we live in this time where I can go. You're so hurt and afraid. Like, yeah. so, like you're hurt and afraid. Something happened, and that is how the mechanism is operating. Yeah, but like, th- how how evolved you think Lenny Clark's mom was? That's what. Yeah, that's what I like about your special is when you point out your dad's reality yeah and that's the definition of compassion and i'm i'm even trying to have compassion for lenny even though i grossly disagree with him yeah and that's what we're trying to do here yeah and that's our fathers like you said something your dad uh didn't love the kids and and it's just so clear that his parents didn't love them yeah and that makes you understand yeah and there are these little nuggets that you get when i i'm always trying to get my parents to open up it's difficult they don't want to do it it's just not what they did it's my mom's never gonna open up to me that's right I it's 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 painful. I say I know because I just feel like that's how it goes. It's painful. Yeah. I told my mom, I go, I feel like we're talking on the phone through plexiglass. Yeah, and she kind of didn't know what I would meant. Yeah, it's another great succession line where he goes, I feel like I'm on a date with an app. That's funny. And you could say it's like you're yeah. talking to an app. Yeah, and you want to get into it because anything they can tell you about their life directly informs everything they ever did to you. Yeah. Or with you. Yeah. Or for you. Yeah. Or and at you. Or at, at you. Or against you. Yeah. Louis could go on with the, with the uh, I don't know, or what, modifiers? What is it? What are these? We can say modifiers. Sure. All uh, words are Yeah. Modified. There is no, I don't, uh, I'm lucky in that even within my family, there's like a split between, you know, I got a brother that's 62. Excuse me? I says, I says, I says, <laughs> I says to you. So I got a brother that's like, you know, I got old. So there are people that were born in my family that are from a different wow. era. So there are people in my family that are still very most. I'd say more than a lot of my family is still stuck in that era. Yeah. And I am like from the future where <laughs> I'm went to therapy. I'm on medication. And they go like, how long are you going to be on medication? I'm like, dude, for life. I, just to relate, there's a book in my, uh, there's a chapter in my book called The Heratheist. It's about when I was an atheist for a time. And my father goes, he wasn't an atheist. He, he just says it. it was, I was like, if I put who I am in black and white, they'll hear it. And they'll read it and they'll go, he doesn't mean it. He was, yeah. he was never an atheist. Because he if doesn't I want say, to believe, he doesn't want it. I go to God therapy. to judge him. For having an atheist son. Maybe. I think it's way more basic. I think it's like, I don't want people to think that my son is an atheist because that means he's Reflects not in the clam. Uh, or, or, it's the identity. Yes, yes. It would be like if I had a chapter in the book called Fuck the Red Sox. It would be right. the same thing. Yeah, you're a virus. But I raise you to love no your power yeah. and the Holy Spirit, Peter. <laughs> because that's what we do. When did your dad have a stroke? <laughs> he's having it in this that's how it's happening right now I asked my dad about religion and he goes you're better with it than you are without it and he just I really I would say this if he was in the room I'd be like he means like don't be a fucking weirdo Peter you go to church yeah you're better he almost means it like you're better off culturally he absolutely yeah, means he that you're mean better like culturally you're better off like you're gonna go to heaven and I think you wanna hear something fucked up that's related to this so in three mics when I talk about getting in touch with my dad and having good talks. Yeah. He I he said he goes, I'm not 
He said, I'm not uh, fighting cancer. Cancer's beating me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go, you know that that's a line Chris, that Christopher Hitchens says directly. And he goes, he goes, oh, I love Christopher Hitchens. I, I read God is Not Great twice. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, why did you fucking make me go? Why do you and go to church? Why did you go to church in the last year if you've read God is Not what Great? What did he say? I didn't. He didn't really. I don't know. God's not great, I but think church I didn't, I is didn't great. Say, I didn't even say it because I was so stunned. Yeah. Like I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. Um. That's so interesting. Yeah. But I mean, don't you think your dad probably had that? My dad's Irish too. That like you gotta just fuck yeah, do course, what people the are whole doing. Thing was about about con- conformity. Yeah. The whole his entire life was about conformity. Yeah. Like he didn't like kids. Fuck it. You gotta have kids. I don't. I pr- got that's this that God great thing line. Sounds in, fishy. He goes um, in American Psycho. Reese Witherspoon says to uh, Christian Bale's character, "She goes, you, you could. Your dad practically owns the company. You have all the money in the world. Why do you even have a job?" And he goes, "Because I want to fit in." Yeah, and he says it like, "What are you not fucking paying attention?" Like Chappelle this is what we and do. Gerard Carmichael have both said to me at different points that they used to skip school all the time, but used to go just to catch up socially that's hilarious you didn't want to be the weird kid that wasn't no, they just school. wanted to you know we're all doing that yeah I'm, I'm like you guys i'm not that different to my parents credit although now i'm realizing it might have been just an extension of what we're talking about my mom was like go to college but it's mostly just to hang out like to meet people talk to people and the subtext there is not to be a fucking weirdo Marin said that he got married he realized he got married twice because he wanted to feel like he was okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's. So I don't people. have that, thankfully. Yeah, I, dude, I've almost texted you so many times. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have you say it like morning radio. You never, you've never been married. That's a red flag. Yeah, but the thing about red flags, time around your neck, red cape. I think that is so funny. It got like a. It, get, it always gets a sixty-five. That's what I was gonna say. Fine. I don't care. Not cutting it. I have a joke about reading books to my baby and she crawls away. And then for a second on earth, there's a man in his 40s just reading a book alone called Colorful Foods. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. It all, it gets like a 30. Fine. And then I say, sometimes I say, I'm just doing that because when you have kids or if you have kids, you're going to remember that. Like it's yeah. such a visceral. Yes. Every parent will know what I'm talking about. And red cape is so funny and clever. And it's such a funny image of you in a red cape. Yeah. Makes and me it's also how I feel. And it's true. Yeah. And you it's say, like, it's, it, I'd have more clout with women if I had murdered my If I'd murdered my wife. <laughs> if I'd been married and murdered my wife, women would trust me more. Is that really a thing? Absolutely. With dating? Yeah. Because well, you're rich, too. Yeah, Ali Wong has a theory that like women get hurt with me because they they think I'm marriage material. I am like a technically marriage material. I'm uh uh rich, successful. I was um, going to throw in emotionally emotionally aware, aware working on himself. You, yeah, working on himself. If you like this look, not I'm kind of cute. I could see you get married. I don't I you know, it's not like I'm not it's not that women don't want me. It's that I don't like the I don't like the setup. So and that hurts their feelings that they think I'm marriage material. And if I'm like I don't th- like I've been saying to women lately after a few dates or I just go I don't think we're gonna 
last forever. And and to which to me is really um honest and true and uh a decent thing to say to somebody. You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what movie is that from? <laughs> Big Lebowski. Yeah, like like and but it's also I don't people take rejection personally and the thankfully the older I've gotten the more I've realized it's just that gears lining up thing. It's like I don't it's like I don't why do you like Val? Why do I like Val? Meaning I don't know you just happen to be attracted to that body type. Right. That just the gears line all up. these things that are random. Yeah. You didn't dictate like I shall like five foot three women. Yeah. And they will have giant of giant or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to get too specific. Yet. And they you shall their bosom <laughs> with ample bosoms. Yeah. It's just and they shall. I, I don't know why I like what I like. So if I I've, yeah, I've broken the... up with people and said and it, when they're like, why? I'm like, it's not important. Well, I agree. They're, they're not character flaws. They're just things that don't work for me. They're I... not someone I want in my life full time. Okay. When I was struggling with breaking up with people when mm-hmm. I was single, my therapist said something so close to that, and I couldn't agree more, which means when you're breaking up with somebody, I used to make a long list of the problems that I had, and he was like, you don't need a list. Mm-mm. You can just say, this isn't working for me. And if they want, I mean, I'm all for giving an exit interview and giving information if you want, but it's not really, you don't have to persuade them to agree that it's a good idea to break up. You can just be like, this isn't working for me. I'm so sorry. I said that, get, I haven't done this as a joke, but breaking up with somebody is like writing a Yelp review and they go like, no. <laughs> no but what I'm cons- the only thing that I find concerning about that is when I was a kid, I've this has been such a weird touchstone for me my entire life. I always uh, didn't want to ride roller coasters and I had an older brother. And he would run a ride roller coasters because, fun fact, the taller you are, the less jarring roller coasters are. Do you remember what it was like being little? You're getting fucking tossed. Yeah, you get, yeah. Your stomach is getting flipped. Yeah. Now I go on a roller coaster, it's no big deal because I'm six foot six. It's nothing to you. It's nothing. Yeah. I do it for fucking fun, kid. Turn into Bill Burr. <laughs> no, I do it for fun. That's how I would go to work. I don't give a fuck. Anyway. Uh, Dude. But my brother would want to go and he'd want me to go with him. And I was scared. But then I would just say, he's going to talk me into it. So I might as well just look cool and act like I wanted to go on the roller coaster. So what I'm saying, and then I would really like it. So what I'm questioning is your ability to predict the future if you're breaking up with people just because you think something isn't going to work forever, which is a preposterous notion anyway. Mm -hmm. When you could go, is it worth getting inside of this fluid, growing, changing, sometimes conflict-creating thing could that stand the test of time even though, of course, you are you might be the guy that just goes like, but we all die. You know what I mean? No, I, you're it's right. The, in the, it's the old, in the long run, we're all dead. So when people go in the long run, we should, and they're like, well, the, the, our, the counter argument is, in the, well, in the long run, we're all dead. So what's the point of any of this? By, what I'm saying is with the people I've broken up with is there's no magic here. I see. You're not just saying, what's the point? We're just going to grow to hate each other because that's no, stupid. I'm saying there's no magic here and uh-huh. the magic should have kicked in by now. That's totally not that you need me to validate you, but I'm saying, yes, that's totally fair. But that's a very hard thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Meaning if they think that they're I think that 
uh, when someone wrong, else is feeling there magic. are people. Yeah, yeah. They, maybe they feel magic or maybe they feel the potential for magic. But I think doing stand up uh, and it, it, you get really good at sussing things and situations feeling. out. Yeah. It, on site. Yeah. It's crowd work. You just go. Uh, you know who to fuck with, who not to fuck with. You know who to who's going to probably not say another Dude, thing. That's interesting. Who I is. think that's true because at a party, I can talk to someone. Uh, Val's noticed that like um, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll and they'll say a name and it's very basic or maybe it sounds a little fake. And a joke that I always make is I go, if you don't want to tell me your real name, just say uh-huh. you don't want to tell me. You don't have to make up yeah. Kent Alterman, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A real guy. Uh, and Val's noticed that I do that because if they don't laugh, oh, here's a better example. Someone comes up and they go, hi, mate, my name's uh, Nigel. And I go, that's a fake accent. I always say it. Yeah. Why? Because if they don't at least play or say like. It's an indicator. I've been waiting for someone to call me out. This is totally yeah. fake. I'm not from Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Thank they you. go. I can I, stop living I a lie and then they do a so horrible funny. American accent. That's, I'm actually Bob Johnson. You have to like, sing it. I'm British. Bob Johnson. That's how they do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if they just go and you'd be surprised, especially if they're from the South, they go, this is not fake. And they get mad. I go, I just saved four hours. I yeah. don't have to talk with you. <laughs> uh, Jeffries did a good version of this joke, which is Jim Jeffries has such a great bit about autism and getting his son vaccinated. It's a, it's a, a, one of my favorite bits of the last like decade. Uh, but he talks about he's watching a thing on the news about autism and his wife says, his wife at the time says, uh, I don't think we should get Harry, his their kid, I think that's his name, vaccinated and jim's like and you know when you hear something you go that's gonna take up a lot of my time (laughs) (laughs) like that's basically what you're there are indicators and it is sometimes it can be a little hat or sometimes it can be it's just it's just choppy water that you don't we have a different understanding of things that is gonna be probably fatal and it might be a minor. It it sometimes it can be it abortion. Yeah. Sometimes it can be uh, something major, or you, sometimes it can be some, something more major than abortion. Sometimes it can be a tiny hat. Sometimes it can be well. That's why I someone wa- who tosses their glove, their their wallet and keys when they come into a room and then can't find them. <laughs> like that looks like it's going to take up a lot of time. You're fucking infuriating me, yeah. and I know you're not going to stop because you you're just one of those people. Yeah, well, I'm not marrying that. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm also not gonna make you not do that. Yeah. So I, my thing is like no notes. I take everyone as is, no and you notes. gotta take me as is. No notes. As is, no alterations. Yeah. I'm a chef. No substitutions. You like it or not? This yeah. is a Neil. There's no salt and pepper on one, the table. We serve one one entree, Neil Brennan. <laughs> So and again, well, you're why do you you're so uh, inflexible? Why do you need me to flex? Yeah, what's wrong? It's just you just don't like it, so we're not for each other. Haven't you ever had someone give you a note and then you change for the better? And isn't there value there? Because uh, what I hear is, no, is I, a all man. I've, all I've uh, no, I know what you. I think go ahead and say what you're going to say. I hear a man striving for a conflict-free relationship. When really some might say that the value of a relationship is that you have someone uh, who's having things not go your way. 
But so what, Val, what you're saying, what yeah. she, what you're, what you and the woman in my head are, is, be better for me. It's never be better. It's I be see. better suit my needs. Right. Because the thing is, the I think the only note that's worth giving is if someone isn't suiting their own needs. I so see. I think that's something where you go, hey, like I've noticed this note. thing that you yeah. do. Like me telling you, hey, man, I'm a director, either gain or lose weight. Yeah. I'm telling you, as someone who's an expert in this field, try this thing. Yeah. Whereas I think most notes I've gotten from girlfriends is just a preference. It's a personal preference that's not going to help me in life. Yes. Right. Don't swish water in your mouth after dinner was a note I got from a girlfriend one time. You were swishing water? Yeah, because you can't floss at the table. So I do that like quietly by myself. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay. How is that improving my life? How is that improving anyone's life? That's what I'm talking about, where it's like girls have uh, the girls I've dated do this thing where they just it's like, no, you want that. You're not making I me better. so easily see you. Doesn't that sound like one that you would be like, I dated a girl and she would always swish her water. And I was just like, that's disgusting. And it's driving me. No, I would like I would. Li- yes. And if <laughs> I, I would a, I would like that personally. But B, if I didn't fine. Yeah. The girl didn't like I'm not going to tell someone what to do with their fucking mouth. Right. <laughs> It's just you're not for each other. And I don't want to, I'm not think, I don't think that, I think that uh, uh, a buddy of mine said one time, your job is to water the plant. Your job is not to prune the plant. I think that's really interesting. That's how I look at parenting, to be honest. Yeah. I, I know I'm new at it, but um, somebody were like, think of yourself as a gardener. You're getting rid of the weeds. You're applying food, sunlight, water. It's not that you're going to go like, dude, I want to say this to you because we were talking about dad stuff. I Speaking of like people who haven't been to therapy, sometimes they don't know how obvious they're being. And forgive me, uh, listeners, weirdos. Uh, I know maybe you've heard this before. But my dad was talking about how much Leela looks like me or whatever. And I, and I was sort of like, it's just kind of like feels very old school to be like, look, my baby looks just like me. So I sort of baited him. I was like, uh, oh no he kept going my friend Tommy Joni or whatever he had a son looked exactly like him and he said it was such pride he was like it looked exactly like him and me and my brother don't really look like my dad exactly obviously I just go dad do you wish me and John looked like you and he just took a second and he went yeah <laughs> he just he just, just named he it just like yeah. him yeah and i'm not i'm just saying there's some self-interest at play there where I think i'm there's like a lot of self instead of going yeah. like look at this beautiful new plant yeah there was an old school your mother's your best girl yeah. sort of thing where it's like and your kids look like you i mean yeah. even my dad named his first son his name yeah i had to try to do a joke about that about how women i think like women don't have there's no female juniors I don't know why it's, but guys are like, no, he's got to be my yes. first name and last name. So when I'm dead, and me and my face, yes, and my, it's like it's yeah. like goes back to the monarchy. It goes back yeah. to like, and he's King Henry the Ninth. Yeah, imagine being the therapist of King Henry the Ninth. Yeah, he's like, you know, sometimes I just want to be silly, right? I mean, even the Boston accent is, it's just you don't want to. You want to fit in? I know. Why would you choose that accent? Like, 
the fact that your father heard people talk was like, that's but I'm going to talk like. I know. Dude. Why? I know. It's not a good way to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mulaney, when we did Comics Come Home, had the best local Boston joke where he goes, most cities, there there's a uh, conflict that they have to resolve. In Boston movies, the conflict is Boston. That's very funny. Isn't that great? Yeah. They're just like, I got to get the fuck out of Boston. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> You gotta rob Boston. So good. Um, yeah. So what did you, what did your dad say about half baked specifically? You you glazed over. Oh, he said he well, he wasn't proud. Like the movie wasn't well. But reviewed. again, it's the class. Yeah, it was that it wasn't well reviewed, and then and he then what did he? I did said, he go we like you're bringing a, the Brennan name? No, I mean the joke I made was like finally, or I I go I brought shame on the Brennan ha- name after hundreds of years of alcoholism. It was a weed movie. But dude, that don't, did it. that's so funny. Don't you see though? I mean, I think you do. That these are like private, closed door, alcoholic, abusive things that people don't need to know about. You know what I mean? It's like you keep your fucked up shit over here, but you had this like public failure. That's why I have the book where I say I was an atheist briefly, and that's like you don't do that. Oh, and you right. were shamed. You weren't shamed, but you were panned. And he was like. That's fucked up. Forget being an alcoholic, yeah, weird, violent, violent alcoholic, violent yeah, yeah, alcoholic yeah, yeah. dad. Yeah. At least that was private. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, someone told me they found, it's the hackiest thing in the world. Of course, they found a VHS copy of Hat Baked in its belongings, which is just like. In oh, his yeah, belongings? Oh, yeah. Which is like, oh, word. Just oh, the hackiest word. fucking hackiest hack, 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 hack. Life hack. is hack sometimes. It's so hacky. That is so hack. Um, such bad writing. He ha- it, That is terrible, terrible writing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they don't, but they're just, they were like, they just conformed. I mean, there was, I was watching it, it might have been about Mike Nichols or somebody where they're just saying like, everyone conformed until 1955. Right. You just, nobody did the the aberrant thing. Yeah. That's like right. Nobody. And there's just more and more freedom and there's more I think it's communication. We yeah. can find each other more now. That's, I mean, yeah. I'd like to think second. it's easier to come out as yeah. gay or or hopefully we'll get there You'd where be it's a easier fool not to at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean like in the olden days I have no, to think that was your, a totally your, different it's fucking taking your life in your own hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gay in a small it in a you were like up until 1980, right? It was fine to beat gay people up for no reason, right? If you went to the the cops, would just probably go like, "Hey, we called that game uh, smear the queer, smear the queer." Openly in school, we yes, smear. I the went queer. I went to a Quaker grade school where we called it "kill the carrier," but even that. Some people you're kidding. Like, kill, kill, That's yeah, we funny. call it kill the carrier. Smear the queer. I but if I played it the at the playground, it was smear the queer. Yeah, which in a Boston accent. Yeah, very easy to say. Um, the '80s are canceled. I'm canceling the entirety. Dude, did I? If ta- you were alive in the '80s, or the '90s, pack your things. Dude, the '90s weren't great. I was watching. Did I tell this story in the pocket? Does this sound familiar? Biodome. Okay, Biodome. I'm watching Biodome. I'm going to tell you how old I am. When you're done with this story, I can't wait. 62. You're the 62 year old brother. Oh my god. Well, it's not uh, just that I'm technically physically old. I just mean like I've been in show business so long. Go you ahead. worked on Biodome. I pitched an idea. This I pitched to this guy Dave Thomas, who was on SCTV and was producing, wanted to produce something. The idea for a biosphere comedy, 
and then they announced Biodome like Hilarious. three weeks later. That's Hilarious. how long I've been in show business. Because Earth, remember when Earth Day started and it was like funny? Yeah. It was like we were all kind of figuring out that we were ruining the planet and we we're yeah. like, we need a day. Hey. And then they needed domes. And Biodome is sort of making fun of that the whole time. Uh-huh. It's like people that are like, plastic bottles. Yeah. And Polly Shore is like, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in Biodome. In case I have told this before, I'll be real quick. Polly Shore and the Baldwin are in the Biodome. They don't have anywhere to sleep. And they go, we need to get some beds, dude. And the screen flips. And there's the two sleeping hot female scientists in their bed. And they just get in the bed with the sleeping women, which already is fucking out of bounds. And they just start feeling them up in their sleep. And that was a joke. The 90s are rightfully canceled. But what's fucking weird about that dude is I want footage of Little Pete seeing Biodome in the theater. I'm pretty sure Little Pete was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Honk, honk. I mean, Aziz pointed out that in... in Because uh, I didn't know fucking the better. Hangover, one of the first lines, I might be in the trailer, paging Dr. Faggot. Wow. And we all were like... Highest grossing yeah. R-rated comedy in history. Also in Biodome, someone asked the Baldwin. Take my, not only do I approve, I approve twice. <laughs> Hilarious. The Make ba- two more of them. The Baldwin. I'd like two more. <laughs> I'm just trying to interrupt your riff with yeah. more Biodome. I want more. Can I get a fourth? No? Okay. Hilarious. Someone asked the Baldwin, who is your father? I don't know how they get there. And he goes, well, my mom and the authorities are still trying to figure that out. It's just a rape joke. Uh-huh. But like a dark, and we were all just like, <laughs> like that was the 90s. Well, you want to hear a really this is what, good one. This is the soil that grew some fucking horrible ass shit. Like it was in our collective You want to hear a good one that I'm responsible for. Hit it. Rick James did time for sexual violence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's a guy who did time for uh, sexual, keeping a woman hostage. Really? Yes. Wow. And everyone knew it. Didn't care. It's just such a fucking fucked fucking time. Well, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just dishonest that they're acting like that there's one rule. It's just not. I'm going to pee. Do you mind? No. I'm aware. Let's, let, what do, what do you got? Uh nothing i was gonna say give me your watch i was gonna say uh let's talk about depression just because not because it's just like yeah it's fun but because people are listening and people are in pain and there's very few people who talk about it publicly like i'm one of the few people who's spoken about publicly that's what i'm about stage that's what i'm about we've talked about you say something in the special about depression is like uh it attacks your brain with negative thoughts yeah one of the things, a real click moment for me was when uh, uh, somebody like an Anthony Bourdain kills himself. I'm like, yeah, it's like a tumor grows in your brain that's that has a gun in its hand and shoots you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's like it's an you illness. You can, and he might have suffered from like, I shouldn't complain about this because look at my outer life. I, ca- I have to imagine all all y'all motherfuckers at that level. Like Chappelle with his, I'm not even trying to get you to spill on Dave. I'm just saying like when when he went to Africa, everybody was like, what the fuck does he have to be? And that is some, your mother's your best girl stuff. It's like, must be nice. It's like, dude, everybody's everything. Everybody's carrying an unseen burden. Yeah. We're all dealing with the complexity of being human and swells of emotion why that we don't that know what guy, to do I, with. If the and just because you have a heated toilet Why did that person seat, do that? 
the 95% of the time before I even know what they did, it's because they were scared or confused. Yeah. 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 Period. That's right. So you're, you had it, your whole, you have it. Yeah. You are an active, depressed uh, person that struggles with Doing depression. Doing it right now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, no, I just I, mean, I, it's, got, it's been good. It's been way significantly better. Yeah. Uh, the weighted vest is lighter. I, for sure. Dude, in my book, I talk, when my wife left me, I said, it's like you're wearing the x-ray thing they give you at the dentist. Yeah. That's what, and, and you just nailed it. And that makes me feel less alone. This is why I want to talk about it. Yes. It's so helpful. I get DMs every day from people saying, thank you. Yes. You described it perfectly. And the thing that helped and you I was, was like, mag- I know I'm a perfect writer. That's what I take from that, Pete. Uh, my writing is perfect. I think no, but I think people are thankful to hear someone go, oh, fuck, that, I have that. And also to your point, though, praise wasn't working for you. I thought It didn't was- work at all. And it still doesn't work. Here's the downside. It does a little. You know what works? Status. I, I and I hate saying that. Yeah, because it seems like uh, it doesn't always. I'll say I. But felt doesn't anything generally that, anything better about works? my talent level after three mics than I did before? Sure. And so that makes me feel bet. A, a yeah, feeling it, of fulfillment. Acceptance. Let's. It was a dis. Uh, un, un, uh, you, it was a rock solid proof of talent. I hear that, but as soon as we're accepting status, Mr. Brennan, right this way, mm-hmm. don't you also have to get sad when that doesn't? Of course. Work? I mean, that's why you can't read reviews. But that's the trick, right? So what? But uh, what I'm saying, my is, fame couldn't get us a table at the Brea Cheesecake Factory, so we didn't even try. But I mean, like, still. So you get it. Uh, look, we've all been there. But the, but I'm saying because I opt out of the I'm special because I get a table game, yeah. that didn't hurt my feelings. But that – so when here's, – here's the honesty that I think you're sharing. When I accomplish something is a wonderful antidepressant for me. Yeah. And it, it got to the point where um, – it got to the point where it – it was like I did enough stuff where it made my brain look stupid for, for saying, saying all the shit. shit it had said. I see. And, That's beautiful. And okay. it was a bit – it kind of overwhelmed that. Not completely. I understand. And, and another thing that helped was I did EMDR. Very helpful. And I did – That's the magnetic thing? No. EMDR is a is a by, – by, it's really hard to explain. But – it's very effective. EMDR. Ma- EMDR. Um, but that is electromagnetic. No, uh, it's not. Oh. It's something else. Um, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's eye movement destimulation. It, it seems oh. like there's no way that'll work, and it works. Really? Um, yes. I'm uh, so glad you're saying it. They'll yes, give it a, a higher, almost higher ratings than anything, EMDR. Wow. Um, is that a clinical thing, or is this a... It, you can, there are people that can like administer it that are just therapists. Wow. It's not. There's nothing involved. There's nothing. They're like tapping your leg. You're like. There's just like a. It's a getting your the hemispheres of your brain. It, that sounds again, like it's uh, impossible to. It sounds like no. no I do work. something called EMF. Uh, no, not EMF. Sorry, emotional freedom technique EFT. Yeah, which is tapping, and and it's you hum, which gets the right side of the brain, and then you uh, count, which is the. I'm sorry, I got it backwards, which is the left and the right. But you're doing this thing where you're moving your awareness in different parts of your brain 
and points uh, that are sort of like acupuncture. And uh, it's surprisingly good. And yeah. you do it while you think about a trauma yes. or something. And That's you focus the, you're on You're basically, I bet they, from the people who brought you, you know, I'm sure it's someone who was an EMDR yeah. specialist. EFT. That. Okay. So EFT, just if people are curious, that's something you can look up on YouTube too. Yeah. I've gotten to some really trippy places, but getting to the emotion behind I have a friend, Bijan, my friend Bijan, one of my best friends, edited Chappelle Show, edited Free Mics, edited Burr Special. White guy? Yeah, uh, Iranian. Uh, he's so into EMDR, he's going to quit editing to start doing it full time. Shut up. That's how like effective it is. It's like CrossFit for depression. Yeah. Um, wow. And the another thing that helped was uh, uh, sorry about the acronyms, but CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. There is a list of negative thought styles in CBT, which is all or nothing thinking, dismissing things. This must be so helpful to diagnose it, right? Uh, when someone when goes, I, oh, you're I, doing here's this. Here's what happened. I was, they asked me to write a book after three mics. And I was like, all right, but I, like, I don't I, – I, so I start writing it. And <laughs> All right. I, I, I mean, I, all right. I write it. And, uh, and then I – so I was – I'm writing a chapter about what my thoughts are like minute to minute. I think this might have been before I did three months. I can't remember the the chronology. And I wrote it down and they were so negative Mm. that I thought I would be embarrassed to show this to my friends. Wow. And there's a chapter. No, I, I ended up, I ended up uh, never writing again. I'm kidding. No, uh, I just was. It's it's a longer story. Neil, but. I love what you're talking about. I, I I feel. I think people feel so lonely. Yeah. When they know that they're good people, and during the course of the day, you just have these thoughts. I was fascinated when Maria Bamford was talking about unwanted thought syndrome, which is a thing where like the thing you shouldn't think. Yeah, is what you think, and it happens constantly. I feel like everybody's peppered with some version of that. Don't think about this. Don't think. Don't think about a purple elephant, and you do. The the so the the there's like ten or fifteen of them. Uh, these are the thoughts. These are the thoughts. Filtering, focusing solely on the negative and ignoring all the positive. Polarized thinking, black and white thinking, not seeing the gray. Overgeneralization. Assuming all experiences and people are the same based on one negative experience. Mm. Jumping to conclusions. Being convinced of, of something with little to no evidence to support it. Catastrophizing. Assuming the worst case scenario. Magnifying the negative and minimizing the positive. Personalization. Believing that you are at least partially responsible for everything bad that happens around you. Wow. These I can go on and on with these. Like, I I've sent these to people and they're like... What the fuck? Where did you get this? Yeah. It's just CBT thought styles or negative thought styles. So that helped in terms of just throwing out, just disqual. You're disqualified. You're that I thoughts love disqualified. That. Nope, you're disqualified. Because this is like, there's a shame attached to this too, right? Of course. I've always been like, man, I can't see this without thinking this, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, how do I fix that? Because it's not this, but let's say every time I see a tall person, I go, look at this lanky-ass idiot, Mm. or whatever it is. But you can't tell someone, hey, every time I see a tall person, and this sounds, I'm even embarrassed saying this because it sounds like I'm a horrible racist or a sexist or whatever it is. I don't think anyone thinks you would think this in a racial sphere. Go ahead, Pete. (laughs) I don't think anyone's automatically thinking that you would think negative things racially if you do it about tall people. 
Go ahead. Keep talking. You are the... F- keep digging this hole. See, yeah. this is my point. Is how... What if I was struggling with racist of thoughts? Of course. Where do you go for help? And are you saying CBT is uh, something... I don't know. It, this, it, this isn't about negative... It's about negative thought styles in things that hurt yourself. It's if you do bad a bad... If you make a mistake, you don't say, I made a mistake. You go, I'm a fuck up. Mm. It becomes this or... I'm never gonna blank because I failed once. Right. Or just all these negative assumptions. Or I used to think, so people go, well, you wrote Spell Show. And I, I would think, but yeah, but I can't write multicam sketches. <laughs> so then I did SNL and wrote a really good multicam sketch. Yeah. So then that, it was like, hey, brain. Right. You're fucking stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. Your brain is prejudiced towards negative thoughts. Like it, it, it believes- my brain, it's the old thing. Like if you heard, if your brain, if anyone else said to you what your brain says to you minute to minute, you would fight them. Yeah. And you just get used to it. And you wouldn't be friends with them and you would no. cut them and out it was just It's just this giant distortion machine. Yeah. That is, I think it's, it's uh, I, who knows how it gets that way. I think it's environment. I think it's what's valued in your area your culture your sure your, it's your mother your that thing yeah um it's and just then, in your it and then it's like thinking and then you just get in the habit yeah and it's so that was very helpful getting me less uh less prone to depression it's very interesting and it was a really good tool for just like no stop it yeah yeah, yeah. stop it yeah, when I did the the Great World of Depression as a podcast, yeah, the uh, wonderful, wonderful world, world yeah. wonderful world of depression. One of the reasons I'm drawn to spiritual techniques is because if I do catch myself thinking a negative thing about a tall person, I go, "That's my conditioning. That's my brain doing binary thinking, black white thinking, going like, well, tall people do hit you their head more, yeah. or whatever it is. You can't trust them unless you need a frisbee yeah. out of a tree. Uh-huh. You know that sort of shit. That is binary thinking. It's ninety percent of are thinking uh richard Rohr talks about you see it in six-year-old boys everybody's a good guy or a bad yeah. guy and then richard made the joke he was like you see this all the way up into congress and the presidential levels like some people just never drop it and spirituality uh and i don't mean religion i just mean like trying to be mystical esoteric is going third way thinking trying to be mystical yeah, yeah wearing a big chunky necklace yep. brad pitt yep. uh is you're trying to say like there's my brain and there's me and that was a big technique for when I'm dealing with depression. I go, there is depression, but I am the thing witnessing it. I'm the thing that reports on it. That's how I know it's here. Yeah. But that means it's not really me. This is what I mean when I'm having negative thoughts or yeah. you're having harmful thoughts. I saw somebody had a tweet on Twitter about their depression and somebody was like, you need to realize that those thoughts are symptoms of a condition, but they're not you. Yes. And that's why all of mysticism really comes down to don't believe everything you think. Don't yeah. don't get caught up in the thinking thing. Notice that you are the witnessing presence watching the thinking. I have a quote on my phone. Hit it. And it is as follows. Uh, this is how I talk. All right, here's a couple of them. It's just Chris Rock. Uh, Buddhism is about increasing the distance between stimulus and response. I like that. Um, oh, can I throw one at you after that? Of course. There's this great quote that I learned from Ram Dass where he goes, when you're doing a task... <laughs> one tenth of the of the task is completing the task. Nine tenths is not losing your center. 
meaning don't forget who you are. Don't forget that yeah. it's all just kind of a, a cosmic giggle. Don't forget that re- what really matters is equanimity, compassion, love, peace, gentleness, patience. You really spewed those. What a nice spew. They're the fruits of the Spirit, bro. I witnessed the cause of all my pain. I believed my own thoughts. Wow. And this one's about marriage. That's a Do that one again. Do the middle I one witnessed the cause of all of my pain. P- colon. Colon. I believed my own thoughts. That's fucking A right. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's one about marriage. If I can regress. Poor is the man whose pleasure depends on the permission of another. Mm. That's, um, that's nice. That's been I, my experience with with uh, with being in relationships like, where I've yelled like, I don't want to feel like a guest in my own life. That is the most, like, that's my father. My father would say, everywhere I go, everybody loves Jay Holmes. I come home and I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. Like, he just like, <laughs> <laughs> he was king yeah. of the bakery, but Irina wasn't a fan. Yeah. But, so you marry her. Yeah. <laughs> Back in those days, you'd find the woman who hated you the most and you'd marry her. Yeah. The biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Val and I are careful with our language in that too, which is like even say it's helpful. It sounds like you will thrive in a relationship like that too, where you're like, I'm not giving you, I, I am not the boss of you. I don't own no. you. Like, but you, you say it. I say like, uh, Valerie, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah. I'm I don't, here. I don't. I I had my two girlfriends ago. I did a joke about money, right? Let's say I had more money than her, <laughs> hypothetically. And I did a joke about it. And she's like, "You can't, you can't make that joke." And I was like, "Okay." And I never made it again. Like that to me is like that's about. I don't believe in a boundaryless relationship, mm. but if I, I'm not gonna fucking. Give you notes. I'm not, it's not my job to... Wait, you stayed dating them. And yeah. And you respected yeah. their boundaries. Yes, absolutely. I, like, you can that's see... a note that I would take, which is like... Because it's yeah, public. That's fucking rude. That's yeah. rude. Like, that thing you did is rude. Yeah. And that's by any barometer, it's rude. Um, but the I don't want you to swish water in your mouth, or I want you to dress differently, or I want you... It's like... So you can respect a boundary. You you yeah, understood if, if, how yeah, that if hurt we, somebody. If you want... There was a girl who, who didn't want me to bring my phone to dinner. I get that. I didn't like it, but I also completely get it. Yeah, and I and I abide. I abided by it. Like that's also I think one there that are can benefit. Reasonable. You. I don't think it benefited me per se, but I get it. I get that. I understand that there is a school of uh, of connection that would say a phone is uh, um, uh, deleterious to that, and that school would be Harvard. Because it's true, and it used the word deleterious. Yes, and I used deleterious. Uh, but so I don't. So in in vis a vis depression, I think um, there are a lot of tools, and I would say just like the just Google, like I googled alternative alternative depression uh, uh, treatments, yeah. like yeah. just Google depression treatments, right. Like there's really basic stuff you can do. I feel like Goldman did ketamine and it didn't work long term. No, it for worked him. for him beautifully. It it, they, uh, I don't know what he. I can't remember why he. They wouldn't let him keep doing it, but he loved it. He said he had a clip of him on ketamine or the day after ketamine, and he was as happy as he's ever yeah. been. So not under the effect of the drug, but like you said, the day after. Yeah. And he was dancing, but he was playing Sergeant Pepper's, and so they couldn't use the clip. 
because oh, great. the music ruined it. Yeah. And uh, I was very interested that you really enjoyed ketamine uh, and that it worked for you, but then it stopped working. It didn't really work ever. Right. TMS worked, the magnet one. TMS. Yeah. Um, and uh, that one worked really well. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, there are... Th- and again, it's going to be frustrating because every, everyone's different. It's a, it's kind of a random exercise in randomness. And right. I happened to... Zoloft was the first drug they put me on, and it worked really well. But oh, and I, on, I've tried still? other ones that didn't work at all. Interesting. Um, so... Just it's going to be frustrating, but just try different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what well, do the recap? You said C, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, CBT. That's the negative thought style. And then the one EMDR, which is uh, eye movement desensitization. R, um, very helpful. Bijan will be certified hopefully soon. The editor. He, and I was uh, going to say EFT is the thing that EFT I've done. EFT is similar. the cousin of that. Um, transcranial magnetic stimulation that's tms and what else if i try and i take zoloft was there a downside to tms uh the mildest uh uh memory shortage for six weeks and when i say the mild, i would just i literally was doing three mics and i go it's tms which is short for transcranial and my girlfriend at the time wanted to yell out magnetic because I couldn't remember magnetic. Whoa. But it's, uh, it wasn't like, That's what is, who are you? It was just like, just, uh, <laughs> it's like Melanie's bed. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. I did, oh man, what is it called? It was just my recall was a little foggy, but like in the, on the margins. There was a thing I did where you watch a TV and they monitor your brain patterns and the movie stops if you go into a certain state and it encourages you into a certain state. Oh, that's interesting. It's called uh, something feedback, neural feedback. Neural feedback, yeah. And I did neural feedback and I really liked it. And then one day I was driving home from neural feedback and I just, it wasn't this, but I might as well have made like a left on red. I didn't, but it, it was like that. And I just don't remember, I've never done something like that before. And yeah. I was like, I think I'm good. You know what, guys? <laughs> You know, I'm pretty private about my circuits, and I got to make a right when I need to make a right. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work. No, of course. I'm just well, saying I thought I had hit my limit. But I was going are, a there lot. There are people that it works beautifully for who will not have that happen. That, that's right. And the or thing are is, smart enough to get an Uber. You have to try. Yeah. It is like dating, marriage, whatever. You have to try a bunch of them to see to get through it's random yeah it's random the way who you're attracted to is random and who what marriages work is random what drugs work on you is the same amount of random that's interesting and i which and i would say that most people are not on the right medication and don't know how to stop i wonder if like the reviewer i wonder if your perspective about dating might influence how you see people because i'm saying the person that reviews half-baked and they had just fallen in love and then they watch half-baked and they give it a hundred percent right uh i don't when it comes to the law of attraction are you going to find what you're looking for like if the neil brennan like just as as a movie you get hit on the head and you just go like love is magic things work I'm flexible, whatever it is. I don't know. I am flexible. I'm flexible. I'm a robot. And you go around. I wonder if you would attract or be open to more possibilities if you didn't have it so figured out. Well, 
I don't have it figured out. The thing is, it's I. All I know is that it's it's random, and I and it's a long shot. But so is. I was saying something to, to me and Rock one day. We're talking about the odds of something, and he goes. I said, "What are the odds of that happening?" He goes. What are the odds that a guy from Bedford Stuyvesant, who's the oldest of five kids, grows up dirt poor, his father works for the Daily News, becomes one of the best comedians alive? He said that. Yeah. Ah, he ah. didn't say he didn't finish it, but he was like getting yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the odds of me? Yeah. So Ooh. I, but so to the same point, I live in a world of long shots. Everyone, you're a long. Everyone I know is a. But long that's shot. what I mean. Why not? I was just talking to Lara Bites about this. We were talking about like why not just go ahead and believe that the abundance is going to continue? Because we were like, you could I easily. Don't, I don't. I think you misinterpret me. I don't think I would never say it, it doesn't work. What I would say is it's rare. It's like a start. It's a restaurant. It's a startup. It's a yeah. Just I don't believe that. Therefore, I literally on the way over here was talking to somebody and said the reason the. To me, the best romantic comedies are Annie Hall, uh, When Harry Met Sally, and and uh, Eternal Sunshine, is because they assume that it doesn't work. The original ending go- of Eternal Sunshine is them having their memory erased for the fiftieth time, and they're old, but they just keep doing it. Yeah, and that's the it's I need the eggs. It's uh, yeah. it does. You're a pain in the ass, but I love you. Right. You're. You it's know, you it's, saying you can squint, but they're in love. Yeah, it's me. It's more saying it's a Vegas is the only city in the world where dissatisfied customers keep returning. That's what relationship. That's what that's what men and women is. Dissatisfied customers. And we keep coming back, hoping that this time will be different. And the, the great the what you would call either the the indomitable spirit or the delusional spirit of humanity is or I'm different. And this time's going to be different. Okay, you and I have both had weird families and everything, and I know I strive for better than they had, and my kids will strive for better than we have and all that stuff. I'm all for that. I can't help. I'm going to put this to you. I wonder what you'll think about it. So Richard Rohr, this great spiritual teacher of mine, says that the way that we come to God is through great love and great suffering. He's like, it's not a book. It's not a church. It's not a religion. The way that this, that the mystery, we could just say, if we don't want to say God, the way that truth comes to us or conversion or enlightenment comes to us is available to everybody. And it's great love and great suffering. Uh, And they often come together. And he was like, this is why we're culturally drawn to, again and again, Vegas, the non-working model. We know marriages end in divorce. People keep doing it. People keep doing it. People keep doing it. And he was saying that a marriage can be both great love and great suffering. But he defines suffering as simply it can be as small as just not getting your way. So Val, I'm trying to think of something that Val likes to do that I don't like to do as much. Um, this isn't a good example, but maybe she'll go to baby music class more than me. She invites me and I go. Without the baby. That's the weird part. I go know. Ahead. We just go and then we're the two weirdos. Weird. But we go and I always go and I and I, I love it. But in that thing, there's this necessary um, humiliation, meaning a, a humbling. I don't mean embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am humbled. Right now I'm doing the humble tour. I'm doing the clubs and I sort of like it. I like when I get to the club and it's just not very fancy and they didn't meet the rider. And, uh, you, you know, you're like, I don't know who these people are sometimes. And that's good for me. Meaning 
Is it that we keep going to Vegas and we're not getting money? Or do we know that the human experience is both death and resurrection? It's not being saved from death. It's seeing that life and truth and mystery are revealed to us through both the losing in Vegas and the winning in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I yes, is the, is the short unsatisfying. No, I like answer. that. I, would, I, I mean, just wanted to yes, hear your thoughts. I think that... that I think that I the ma- I was talking to a woman on the way over here and I said she Rihanna? said something about Rihanna. She said something she was like I feel like Rihanna. comedians think that they're superior and I think that men think that they're superior to women. So male and comedians said, are double. Yes, basically, which I, I think is Rihanna pretty accurate. That. And uh and 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 she go and I go. Look, I don't think that men and women are very well matched. I don't. If, when you just if you ask a woman what she wants, I don't go. Oh, I know forty men just like that. Mm. I'm like, Phew. and you ask a man what he wants, and you, and it's like, I don't. That's not any women I know. But there's something so magical and soothing about feminine energy for a man and there's something so soothing and magical about masculine energy for a woman and that's the thing of like if i can take this feeling and extrapolate it across the whole relationship then that's magic and i've seen people do it yeah but it is it is it's google it's it's microsoft it's so hard and you're saying most relationships are asking are not that (laughs) yeah most of them are lunchbox.com or whatever are just they don't they don't they didn't get it out of the i'm gonna see you in six months and you'll be like how's your new girlfriend you're like it's bing we're bing we're bing right now we're bing we're working some uh seos i'm start spewing um Yeah, the you know. I guess what I'm saying, I we're I think we're agreeing. But the older I get, the more that I actually in real time can appreciate a bad comedy club menu. Meaning, I go, this is challenging to my ego. I'm not getting my way, and I actually enjoy it. I go good because I'm not my ego, and I like to see how it will not just grow and achieve. I just want to see the nuance of like. Look at him go. Fuck you. I, no, I, I you, agree. Pete. I know. Like, I was talking to somebody. <laughs> I think we're talking about two different things, by the way. Okay. I don't want to be... Because uh, I've seen... I remember Michelle Obama saying about uh, being married to Barack. Um, do you bring him back down to earth? She goes, that's my job. And I was like, that's a fucking awful job. Yeah. To want to nag somebody all the time. <laughs> um, or feel like it's your duty to. Um I don't. I think there's a difference between an unsatisfying relationship and just I like. I don't have an assistant. People are like, why don't you have an assistant? I'm like, I think that there's something. I want to stay a human. I want to go get. I want to be inconvenienced. I want to go get That's my own drugs and my salad. And I have dinner. people on my team that I'm like, they're not perfect, but I like that Pete has to deal with that because yeah. it keeps me from being like. Like I have, I'm not, I'm saying Will Smith cause you said Will Smith earlier. I have to think Will Smith puts his right hand out and someone just puts a coconut water in it. And that can be 
Let's take Will Smith out. I don't think it's. I don't think <laughs> it's be bad better. For your soul. I don't think it's. Here's somebody I know is uh, a famous person. I know is starting to go to twelve step group, and I, I another famous person. I'm sorry to say that another famous person I know. Sometimes famous people will have their own twelve step groups in their office. So it just cuts so that they can say stuff that they couldn't say in front of, of course. like, you know, I, they screwed me out of 40. Well, I want to talk a little bit about my relationship ah, with Hennessy. Yeah. I like it a little bit too much. No, I can't do a photo right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you recording this? <laughs> Please um, put your phone down. Uh, Please. So Quentin. And the person said. <laughs> in the meeting. Yeah. And the person said, I don't want it. I want to go to the regular I want to go to the shithole yeah. meeting. Because it's just more... That's the point. Right. The point is to be humble. And the point is to be... I don't think... I don't see a romantic relationship as... I don't want it to be that. And again, I want it to be as much magic as possible. Obviously, there's just like the daily like get out of the bath. Like there's just... Stuff that's unavoidable, or you smell, or you 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 were weird, and but you kick me in sleep, whatever. Right. There's stuff that's unavoidable, but I don't see it as I want to be watered and I want to be pruned. Yeah, I hear you, and I I think we are we were kind of concurrent, but not blended that conversation. I hear you, but I do think we're agreeing on the idea that you're not looking for a conflict-free relationship. You just want magic. Yeah, I, I, as little conflict as possible. Yeah, and. Uh, and if it is conflict, I, I think Arthur Miller called it a constructive. He called it constructive distress. Something he had a really sweet turn for. Well, it's funny because Richard Rohr makes a distinction between suffering and unnecessary suffering, and I think that's what we're saying. There's a certain point where you're just hitting your head against a wall, and it's like, dude, get the fuck out of this. Yeah, and, and there's also know- the, that that Buddhist thing of uh, uh, suffering is desire. Suffering, yeah. you're only going to suffer if you desire something you're not getting it. Right. Some things we're going to desire. If I need to use the toilet and you're in there, there's no Buddhist way around that. Yeah. There's not like, well, if I just simply overcome my need to urinate. No, I, this is a need. This isn't like some flimsy desire. Right. I gots to go. Right. Buddha is a big sink peer. So. It um, ran the water. So, but we're talking about a bathroom. He lived in a world where the bathroom was the sink and the toilet was separate. You know those Indian people. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't. I, I think that there. I I I don't think that what I'm asking for is too crazy. And if it is, then I don't want it. I I again, I live in a world of long shots. Yeah. I live in a world of you did what? Yeah. Everyone I know has done is crazy talented or done something so insane yeah that it's like they're not it's not normal right so i guess i'm saying i want my uh romantic life to be around that special yeah i hear that sometimes it's for me in my experience it's it's hiding in a uh, somebody that you might not have seen it right away, you know what I mean? Yeah, Val is not a famous person, although you don't. Just, I, but that's not what just... I'm saying. I'm not saying it's famous. I'm just right, saying. No, I know. But Val, you I and Val, you. Val has a real Val's a Beyonce artistic inner uh, spirit. 
Yeah, that's right. Like you, like there's a there's a there's Val, and then there's the Val, um, aura heat signal or aura. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, right. like she's got a glow around her. Yeah, and that's so oh, I'm that's looking sweet. for somebody like like that'll toast a marshmallow. Yeah, I'm just looking for somebody that's that. I'm not saying like you got to be as sexy as Dave is funny. That's right. not what I'm saying. I'm right. saying right. the connection I had the the um fucking bonkers connection i have with dave where we can write crazy shit together i need a romantic version of that i would say that you've been like you're just the whole thing got elevated meaning every like you don't just hang out with funny people you hang out with dave Chappelle. right you don't just do this you do that so and, and like you want the relationship to be at the same sea level as everything yeah. you don't want to scuba dive to date no, I it doesn't shouldn't be worse than the rest of my life. I get it. And I but I that doesn't mean this she got to be the no, I finest. Hear you. She just has to be fucking great. Yeah. And worth worth my life force. So nobody right now? Uh no. <laughs> We're taping this in um 2018. <laughs> And 2029. 20, so but you I just want, did the Mark Twain thing. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Mark Twain just died. I hope it goes well. Um, <laughs> Here's a tip. If you say that joke, Chappelle will say you wrote that, and then it'll give you your closer. I love that. Burnt. What a great. Yeah, it's a great idea. That actually did happen, because I said I was going to do that joke, and he goes, you wrote that. And I'm like, be sure to say that. I was like, I just need you to say that. No, you told me that. Yeah. Uh, tell me a Seinfeld story. Were you one nervous time, when you did coming down to cars during coffee? My friend Ajara. You must have been a little nerve. I'd met him. I did the I did a Netflix commercial with him. No, I know. So the our day so we were like and he had seen three mics, and I was like, I was sure you were gonna hate it. I had a thing where I was immediately myself around him. I think you're so similar to his true personality. Yeah. Like when you really see him. Yeah. I was very I think it's a great episode. But what's interesting to me is I don't, even a cool-ass motherfucker as you, I think when you're doing that show, it has to be a little nerve-wracking. It's heightened. Yeah. But it really is just you and him in a car. Yeah. So you're still just driving down Lincoln. <laughs> like I'm always just, surprised they just pop in restaurants and it's not like a big hubble bubble Yeah. I think they clo- They let the restaurant know. Not always. Huh. I've seen every app. Sometimes they're like, it's closed. Let's just go here. All right. And they go in. Um, but I, when I shot the Netflix commercial with him, he said at one point, he goes, you've said 10 things to me no one's ever said. What were they? I just said something. You mean you were shooting them straight? You yeah. were the person that told Oprah that her opener could have been funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like, uh, like, I don't, I said something. I was like, what do you, what's the, I go, what's the, I go, what, I go, remember your joke about you dress like the last great year of your life? I go, what year am I looking at? And he goes, uh, eh, maybe nine. Going to the improv. And I go, uh, what year am I looking at? And I go, burn. I go, all right, explain the white sneakers to me. And he goes, Joe Namath. And oh I was like, God. I go, you don't want to update that? <laughs> but I meant it like it's goofy. He looks fucking silly. He looks goofy. Yeah. He looks like he's wearing clown shoes. So like it wasn't 
I was thank again. My body was like, we're gonna, we're gonna do we're it. We're gonna be us. And they, and they, I'm sure he loved it. Yes, because yeah. it's you when you're that rich and famous. What I've learned is, you know, when that kid, the terminally ill kid, everyone pretended he was Batman. Yes, that's what being rich and famous is. Yes, all day, everyone pretends you're Batman. Yeah. So if you're, if someone comes to you and is like, you're a terminally ill kid, <laughs> they're like, oh, that's right, I am. This is funny. This is a change of pace. And Jerry's fucking funny. Yeah. He's fucking a funny dude. Yeah. A funny, funny dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he tried to give me a dirty joke. I won't tell it, but like, I'll tell you. It's you just gotta like, tell it. I'm not going to tell it on here. I, I'm going to insist. Well, I'm going to deny it. I you. know. <laughs> I know. The joke is, how could I insist that you're going to do it? <laughs> you're Neil Brennan. You're like the number one. You're the guy I would do an impression of if someone was trying to insist that I do something. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm not going to do it. No. I didn't And then I'd call Rihanna. Yeah. Um. So uh, you're dodging these Rihanna riffs because so I, I don't know what Rihanna. we're doing. I don't even understand it. I'm just implying that you're always talking to somebody cool. And oh, like, I, I don't know Rihanna, Rihanna, so I, that's why I shut down. The shutdown reads as I know Rihanna. Oh no, no, no! no. And I'm protective of it. No, please. If I know him, I'll tell you a funny, funny little anecdote. Uh-huh. So there, me and Jerry were. And here's the joke. And here, it and so he says to me, uh, "No, he's just a very funny person." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had a very a joke that he can't. He told me he goes. I used to do a joke, uh, about sex or about men and women because he has really good relationship stuff. He goes that when it comes to sex, uh, men are firemen and women are fire. They need a certain condition. They need to be <laughs> certain way. It's just a great metaphor. And I texted him a couple months ago. I was like, you got to bring that joke back. And he's like, it never really worked. Dude, I'm going to say something. I, you couldn't meet a bigger Seinfeld fan. Yeah. I was stand-up th- my whole life. And I watched him doing an interview recently. And they were like, what's the new joke you're working on? And he was like, um, my wife was recently complaining uh, that men don't listen or, or something I wasn't listening. And I was like, I think if I was with him, I would do what he would do if I was him and he were me. And I'd go, Jerry. Yeah. We've all made that joke. Yeah. Like, I think you're Bat Kid right now. And nobody wants to tell you. Yeah. That that, like, there's a moment in Comedian, the movie, where Colin Quinn says, how can I trust a jury? It's nine people who are too stupid to get out of jury duty. Yeah. And he goes, Colin. He goes, that is an old joke. (laughs) And I was just like, Jerry, the trope of... My wife says I don't listen. I don't know. I think that's yeah, what she said. Yeah, of course. Is, but like he said it, and I was like, oh, no. Like he, yeah, he, he just, his, yeah. his ship flew too far from the earth, and he just needed a Neil Brennan to go, nah, can't you can't. Yeah. I would do it for you. Yeah, and of course. I, I don't know Jerry, and I love him, and he's a dream guest, and I'm, I've been chasing him for years. Uh, I, I mean, bring- I had to do that with Alan special. Of course. Like a lot of it was like, eh. I got to say, I've heard that. At a certain point, yeah. that's that's why I loved what Louis said about Dane, that Dane was accused of stealing Louis' jokes, and he was like, I think you're just a rocket, and so much stuff gets sucked into your afterburners that you don't even know. Like, I'm saying, I don't think you know you were stealing from me. You're just, like, in such a manic state yeah. that shit happens. I was like, every once in a while, you just need to go, like, I've heard that joke a 100,000 times. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I have a funny Jerry story, and then we got to go. Because literally, it feels like the sun, the sun is, is going down. And yeah. I've been we, here since 
10 a.m. I love you. I love you. It's I, great. I time. really I love you. I'm so happy to see you. It's and great. I just did a podcast recently. It went so long. I was like, that was a little abusive. I don't want to do that. To you. No. Um, <laughs> so I saw him maybe six weeks ago mm. and I had just done a mattress commercial. I did a commercial for uh tuft and needle mattress and it was actually funny. Uh, you were in it? Yeah, I'm in it. Yeah, I'm in it. Um, it was like a 2019 year in review. And then it's like, you got to get these people needed sleep. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I go, I, I said something, I go, I'm doing a mattress commercial and I got really good money for it. And he goes, all right, well now you got to tell me. And I go, uh, I got X amount of dollars and he goes, well, that is good. It's like, that's like, uh, yeah, that's like casino money. Like what he gets at casinos. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and then he goes, uh, he goes for directing it. I go, no, I'm the star. And he goes, oh, then you got beat, son. Ah! <laughs> ah! You got beat. It fucking made me laugh so hard because it's like. And I was like, no, uh, you would have gotten beat at that price. Yes, that's right. I didn't get beat. That's right. I nobody's, beat them. Yeah, nobody's talking about the, the hot Neil Brennan mattress commercial exactly. in the way we would talk about of the Of course, it would be like commercial. a headline. It headline would go news. around. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, speaking of that, and this yes. is the last question, can, because when you did it, I didn't ask this question. Can you think of the time in your life that you laughed harder than you've ever laughed? Somebody reminded me of it. When I'm drinking Hennessy, I'm telling you, I'm not Al Pacino. I'm just Al. <laughs> this is that's a great filler for when someone's like, "I take a sip." Pete, we're gonna we're gonna while the where the contestants write down their answer. Pete, <laughs> do a Pacino what share. Would Al Pacino be like if he were at uh, an AA meeting? You know, I like to call this an AP meeting. Al Pacino, <laughs> you're anonymous. I'm not. Please put your camera away. So okay, I have a few. Th- one of all right. Here's it's a Chappelle show story. So in the <laughs> Tyrone Biggums <laughs> cold open, he had like a, a theme song. By the way, can people stop going? Could you do that now? Yes. Yeah, he, yeah it was offensive it then, in of the course. same way it's exactly. offensive now. Right, but there's just no more one, chatter yeah. because yes. people have Twitter. Yes. It, nothing's changed for YouTube and Chappelle and stand up and comedy are bigger than they've ever been. And everybody's like, it's under attack. Everybody's attacking. They're it. attacking us at these arenas. Yes. Everything's fine. Can you do two bigums now? Yes. 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 Um, yes Shut up. You've seen Dave's Netflix specials. Far That's right. More offensive. That's right. Than and we're, and guess what? People were offended by killing them softly. Correct. We just couldn't tweet about it. Right. Nothing has changed. You had to go door to door and people got tired. That's right. Three houses. Nothing has changed mm-hmm. except he can read the criticism now. Right. Um, so there's a cold open and at one point Tyrone comes around a car wash holding a bag of money. <laughs> and as we were filming it, Dave yelled out, hold on crack, I'm coming. <laughs> And then <laughs> fell down and skidded for 15 feet. Oh, my God. As Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose? No. No. Even funnier. Oh, my Not God. Not on purpose. And it's right off camera. You can see it. And I laughed so hard, <laughs> I hurt his feelings. <laughs> 
He was he was like really probably was mad at me for the whole day. And that's when he was like, fuck it. I'm and getting in really good shape. Three years later, he went to Africa. Give me the creatine. Um, yeah. Uh, that made me laugh as like giddy, almost in tears. Brett Ernst, comedian. Yep. This is, he reminded me of this. All right. So Brett Ernst had a bit where he would, he, it was about roller skating and how he's like, but there was always one guy. I the remember king of the bit. roller skate. Yeah. Tony was his name. And, and the, he would go and he's, he, and the bit was play the music and then, uh, uh, he acts out Tony roller skating to Yes, him. yes. They turn, we're doing a like shitty casino, and not like Chumash Casino, which I'm doing January 25th, this Saturday. <laughs> um, and uh, this Saturday, and, 2018? Yeah, in 2029. <laughs> um, in concurrent, I'm on, I'm on, bro, I'm on different timelines, bro. Um, so Brett goes like, and then Tony would come on, play the, the, the sound guy hits the music. And some crazy crackhead looking dude starts dancing in the front row <laughs> to the music. And Brett like, can't do the, if if this guy's dancing, the bit is ruined. Yes. And I laughed harder <laughs> than I've ever laughed in my entire that's the hardest I can remember laughing. A dance heckle. A dance heckle that the guy meant well. He just ruined that. He did the one thing. Oh that my you can't god! Do. What did Brent do? He literally, he knew how funny it was. <laughs> he was like, "Guy, guy, you got to stop. <laughs> Can we stop the music?" Guy, he like he's trying. It's unmanageable. It's impossible. You to can't manage. go back to the bit. You can't reset it nope. up because you've seen this guy do a robot esque dance. It was so fucking funny. I could. It was. I was fucking in tears because also my friends suffering and the bits being ruined. I mean, it's like had and it's like a weirdo having fun, oblivious. Oh my god! Uh, and it, that's about as hard. That's about as hard as I've ever laughed. I love it. Thank you, Neil. Do you want some CBD? No. Are you sure? Do you want some for your dog? Nope. All right. No CBD for you. Straight edge. Well. And is a real pain about it. Even even for CBD? No, I'm kidding. My dog, I'm saying my dog's a pain in the ass. Oh, I don't your know. dog's a straight edge. He's straight edge, and he's like, bro. <laughs> he's going to fucking hardcore shows all the time. <laughs> but they're, they're like far. They're in Orange County, so he has to leave the house at like four. He comes back with the X's on his paws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has uh, to leave because he get in a fucking he's get in a van, and he's got to pick up like dudes and fucking... Pacoima, just shit. You don't place you don't want to go. This is like a local comedy. Oh my god, to see a minor threat cover band. Yeah, uh, Neil, would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. Oh, those are expensive. Oh, do pants. you do you have a song? Did I recommend? Did I give you the song? What do you mean? Oh, the, crispy, crispy. I remember crispy, giving crispy, you the song. Crispy. Yeah, we play it in the, the uh, when I do my tour dates. And you've never thanked you once, not properly. <laughs> Thank you for that song. You're welcome. There was also a hip hop song where someone said, "I just made it weird." Like Pete Holmes, I just made it weird. Did he really? Yeah, that must have felt pretty good. It, I, it was very cool. Yeah, but then he said other podcasts and it made it less cool. It was like a thing. Hey, it was a tro. It was a. You must be in some hip hop. I must. Brandon, I'm in a. I'm in a. A, a uh, mattress commercial. Well, uh, I'm in a. You got beats, son. <laughs> you got beats. You got. Oh, you got beats, son. You got beats, son. <laughs> 
hilarious. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Say, keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. There it is. <laughs> Goodbye.